Why do you listen to those guys? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2022. This is your award-winning Kibbo Nation Media Assassination Episode 1476. This is No Agenda. Deconstructing Donnie's Raid. And broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA Region Number 6. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where inflation is now zero. What? I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill <laughs> in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor old man. Well, he actually said that, too, didn't he? Yeah, but he's referring to month to month. No, I know. It's, there was no increase over the increase. <laughs> there was no increase over the increase. It's zero. Inflation is zero. I'm doing a great job. Yeah. I got a I got a note from one of our trusted medical professionals about Joe Biden and the the pills. You remember? Oh, the you're right. The, the, yes. We had a clip by some time back saying yeah. that he was in the White House and witnessed Joe Jill jacking himself up on some yeah. on some pills. So she has written to me over over many years. I've verified her her identity as a an actual physician, internist actually, 13 years of experience. Uh, she says several shows back. Yes. I have a lot of catching up to do. You and John touched on Biden's dementia, seemingly made better by a medication Jill gave him and speculated about the medication, the possibility of new medications for dementia. So here are my professional thoughts. Uh, Biden, as any child can recognize at this point has dementia. However, his overlying diagnosis is Parkinson's, which I think you called that a long time ago. Didn't you, John? Yep. He says, she says, we call this Parkinson's. Parkinson's with dementia. Anyone who has attended medical school can recognize this as he is a textbook case. Funny. No doctors have come out and said that. That's interesting. His party has attempted to mask this no, since the meanwhile, beginning. Meanwhile, when Trump was in office. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he was insane. He was nuts. Had no cognitive ability, of course. Um, so his party attempted to mask this since the beginning, but he has now made enough camera appearances that it is glaringly obvious. While there are no medications in existence to reverse dementia, and for reasons too long to cover in this email, we are very far from developing any, there are many Parkinson's medications that can take effect in a relatively short period of time, quickly turning an apparent dementia patient into a walking, talking member of society. Sounds like Joe. There are pills, sublingual preparations, and injections that are widely available. This would explain the observations you and John discussed on the show. So there you go. It's Parkinson's with dementia, not just dementia. And that's how they can jack them up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that it probably explains his gait. Oh, yeah. Oh, all of it. All of it. Absolutely. But let's not say anything about that. No. Okay. 25th so- Amendment. Uh-oh, we got here. <laughs> no, there. no, Never mind. Not no, happening. No, no, no. All right, let's get into it. I want to see if you uh, had the same takeaway that I did uh, of the news of the week that shattered the world. Everybody's talking about it. Banana Republic! This morning, new details after the FBI executed a search warrant at former President Trump's home at his Mar-a-Lago resort yesterday morning. In a statement, Trump confirmed the search saying, quote, they even broke into my safe. But overnight, ABC News could not confirm that allegation. Sources say the search was related to 15 boxes of documents Trump took to Mar-a-Lago from the White House. According to the National Archives, some of the boxes were marked as classified. 
In his statement, Trump called the search, quote, prosecutorial misconduct and a weaponization of the justice system. But while on the campaign trail in 2016, Trump promised to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. In my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning Lars, the protection Lars. of classified information. <laughs> no one will be above the law. Yeah. Last night, the former president was seen leaving <laughs> Trump Tower in New York, giving a thumbs up to reporters. Calling in to a rally for Sarah Palin last night, Trump alluded to the events at Mar-a-Lago. Another day in paradise. This was a strange day. Trump's allies overnight slamming the FBI. All of a sudden, I no notice. They sent, you know, 20 cars and, and 30 agents. Sean, I mean, this, this is just more political persecution of Donald J. Trump. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy saying, quote, the Department of Justice has reached an intolerable state of weaponized politicization. Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. While many Republicans are criticizing the search, FBI Director Christopher Wray is himself a Republican nominated by Trump. <coughs> All right, I'll just call this right off the bat. This was the opening move for Trump 2024, and it was extremely successful. Well, I'll take it one step further. Okay. I agree with that, but I think the whole thing was set up. Yeah, well, thank you. By Trump. Yes. Notice the one thing that, I mean, this is how brilliant this was. So this has been an ongoing, well, let me just lay it out real quick. This has been an ongoing investigation that, you know, the feds have been to Mar-a-Lago. There's no safe. It's a room where they put a lock on, which the feds were there when the lock was put on. This has been an ongoing thing about these the documents. The lock was put on for the feds. Yeah, the feds asked, asked for that to be put on. Exactly. Yeah. So when Trump releases the statement, which you just heard, we didn't see any of this. In our mind's eye, we saw... Roger Stone, we saw cops storming, we saw drawn AR-15s, we saw, you know, a raid, it's under siege, my beautiful home. It, it was set up, they were ready for it, the campaign video was ready to go, and everybody bought into it. It was beautiful. This, here's a couple of my favorites. Gorka. <laughs> We never play Gorka, but he did a great... For good reason. Yeah. So he, imagine black screen, black backdrop, you know, just him lit, just dimly lit as if he's in the underground. Never before in the history of our republic has the Federal Bureau of Investigations raided the private residence of a former president. That is exactly what happened a few minutes ago. Oh. What does it mean? Number one, it is final unequivocal proof to all Americans, whoever you voted for, that the FBI is now the political police arm of the Democrat Party and this administration. Beautiful. Not of the old man in the White House who is not compass mentis, but of the radicals and the ideologues that have taken over the Democrat Party. Secondly, important to you. If they can do this to the president of the United States, the man who won 74 million votes, they can do it to you, to anyone. Yes. And lastly, most important of all, it means that they have failed. They have tried everything else. Two impeachments, a January 6th committee, spurious charges, allegations in New York, 
and they have failed to stop President Trump. They are desperate because they have failed. So he's on message. He gets it. He's totally doing what he's told to do. Surprisingly, even Alan Dershowitz, who of course has no one else to turn to these days because he's been shunned from all of his... uh, his political and his social circles. Oh, same thing, all in. This was a raid, man. This is a sad day for the Constitution. Sad. A sad day for <laughs> sad. the neutrality of law enforcement. There was such a simple way around this. They could have subpoenaed the 15 boxes and the content to the safe. Then a judge could have gone through every document and say, this was never classified, this was classified, but declassified. So he just goes on and on and on about, oh, the sad day for the Constitution. This was not right. Banana Republic was the talking point banana republic banana republic and crossing the rubicon crossing the, the rubicon that was the early one. Oh, cross the rubicon but it was and then n- the other side it was that no one's above the law now a number of things you people have to always consider that in trump's camp he's got roger stone a notorious dirty trickster mm-hmm. and he's got mike flynn who has to be steamed up at the FBI for ruining oh, yeah. his life. Oh, yeah. And he's from intelligence, and intelligence knows how to do setups. Yep. And you, it doesn't, and I bet you that just for, for security purposes, that during this, this whole idea, first of all, there was a, a person supposedly who triggered this. Uh, it was somebody in, who had in, something. An in, insider, someone who. Uh, the, uh, quote unquote yeah, insider. Yeah. And he's on the affidavit, which yeah. will be released. We'll get to see all this stuff. Trump was also aware of the raid a day to two days before it happened. That's And he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And we have, I have a lot of clips too that in, can. Oh, yeah. No, we, I'm, I'm sure we have, I, we have all kinds of fun stuff on this one. This is the and, stuff that we're uh, made of, man. I so love Trump it. wasn't there for, you know, probably pretty good reasons. You know, he doesn't, you know, I, you he didn't need the hassle. The, he knew that was well, coming. Well, no, he doesn't need to be shot dead like they did with that uh, tart, <laughs> Tartanoff, those brothers who had a friend. <laughs> right, right. The FBI go visit him and kill him. Yeah. So he doesn't need that aggravation. No, that's, that's for sure. It's a day wrecker. And uh, uh, meanwhile, if you listen, I have one clip that talks about how Trump's the one who actually had to get it to the news media. Yes, he, it was, did, he did it because there was, there was, John, just before you play it, there was no drone footage. There was no tip off of CNN. There was nothing. And I think they, the, the, the people in front of Mar-a-Lago with the Trump flags set up. That was also set up. It was so beautifully. Once I saw it, I saw it all. I mean, oh my God, this is so obvious what he's done here. And, and it works. So the last point I wanted to make in this, I am sure that knowing what's going to happen, that those rooms were riddled with hidden cameras. Oh yeah, of course. Because if one of those guys took that, because the, these, uh, these search warrants are very specific. You can do this, you can do that. Uh, or they're general, but they're generally specific, and this one supposedly was. If they just started rifling through his drawers, and he's got it on film, it's <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it would be fabulous. No, so, so here's an example, though. Sir William, Sir William Lee in the troll room. He says, "I'm not buying this narrative from our boys here. How can Trump get the FBI to work for him? You're missing the point." You're missing the point. He was working with the FBI in these documents. They, they, this, this was a known search warrant. It was not a raid. That's the point. The framing, the narrative is what made it work. And of course, we already hate the FBI. Of course, we know that they're corrupt. Of course, we do since inception. 
So this just fuels the fire. It, and I'm surprised Scott Adams hasn't seen this yet. Lot, <laughs> no one saw this, John. I knew you would get it. Yeah, I unfortunately knew you would get it, too, because the way uh, these things are always deconstructed by us, generally speaking, we always come up with a kind of a, I wouldn't say meta, but it's, it's just a little fishy. These are fishy. This doesn't make sense otherwise. Let's go to uh, the Ray. This is a, uh, this is the deputy, just for a little background, this is a deputy AG, a guy's named By, uh, Donald Iyer, and he's talking about... Uh, uh, the raid on, I believe this is CNN, and this is it's just an open discussion about how these things work. So this is raid deputy AG Donald Iyer. Now, on the other hand, Donald, some people. Hold on, sorry, Donald Iyer. Uh, well, I have two here on Garland or on yeah. okay Garland. Okay. There's a lot we don't know, but what you do know is how the Justice Department works and what is required to get to this point, which is unprecedented as far as I know. Give us a sense of what the standard is that prosecutors would have to come up with in order to go forward to seek a search warrant against a former president of the United States. Well, of course, in general, um, for any search warrant, you need to have probable cause of criminality and probable cause to believe that you're likely to find evidence with regard to that criminality at the place you're searching. But when you're dealing with a case like this involving a former president, the standard and the concern to get it right goes really through the roof. Um, and I think we can be very certain that um, far from far different than a routine warrant where a couple of agents may draft up a, a, an affidavit and go to a, a judge in the night. This one was scrutinized every way from Sunday by people up to the top of the FBI and up to the top of the Department of Justice. So the care that went into this and, and the level of concern <laughs> that had to be uh, felt in order to make this happen is, is absolutely enormous. So I think it's almost impossible to understate the significance of this as a measure of where the minds of the department and the heads of the head of the FBI are at with regard to this investigation. So on the very, going to the very top, uh, Merrick Garland, quite correctly, the attorney general has not commented, the Justice Department is not commenting this at all. But do you have any doubt in your mind that Merrick Garland would have had to sign off on this? No. <laughs> now, I want to mention something else that I should get out there. I think Merrick Garland is an idiot. He looks stupid. If you just look at him when he's looking at when he's on TV and people have watched enough TV, they can see it. Mm -hmm. You see this guy. He looks stupid. He looks like an idiot. And it makes me wonder when they when uh, when the the Senate refused to even hear him before the elections mm -hmm. a few years back. When they were he was worried. Nominated. They were worried he couldn't even get a word out. I don't think they were worried. I think they knew uh, that he was an idiot, huh. and it was no. And Obama pushed him out to get get him in, right. and it was like who knows why. But I think that everybody in Washington knew this guy, and they knew he was an idiot. He just looked stupid. It would have been an embarrassment to do the hearings. They it would have made the Republicans look bad because they would have pointed out that he's a moron. And it's, you know, doesn't look good. It's not a good look. And so I keep seeing this guy. Of course, he's the kind of guy Biden would pick. But I, every time I see this guy, he's the guy who should have cut this off at the knees. He should have seen it for what it was. And no, said, no. He's, you're right. He's dumb. 
He didn't He's get it. He's dumb. He is <laughs> dumb. And that's why, so what tipped me off, you know, Nancy Pelosi made a statement, which we may get to later, about, you know, China being the freest pe- people in the world or some shit like that. And I'm like, I got to see this whole statement from her. And she was on the Today Show. Uh, and, but yeah, the, I saw it. But they actually, so I went for the longer segment, but then I, I got a clip of her which really tells you that she knows she knew exactly what's going on and she's going to fumble her way through explaining what's weird about this raid. Here's Savannah Guthrie. What do you make of that search? How significant does this strike you to be? Well, I, I've, I, as others, learned on my phone that that had happened. So uh, This is, I love that. I learned on my phone, on my phone. I guess she means that was when it was public information. I learned on my phone. I don't know very much about it. Uh, but again, I'm sure that uh, information will be revealed. And when it does, we'll find out what they were looking for. It seems to have something to do with presidential documents. Now wait for but it. But I really am not in a position to talk about it because all I know is what's in the public domain. Does it strike you as a a pretty serious step for the Justice Department to take? Yes, I think it does. Uh, I I was questioning it because all I saw on my phone was that Donald Trump said that the the visit took place and described it in pretty harsh terms. It would be interesting to find out exactly uh, what the warrant was in order to have, what, what the order was to have a search warrant and for what purpose. But again, we can only speculate. Yeah, she's bumbling through it because she knows. She's like, you know, it was Trump who uh, who described this in colorful language. And then we have MSNBC where we've got a you know one of these FBI former FBI guys he's on and the news model makes a mistake and she says you know she's asking questions about the raid about the raid and he says agents by the way don't like the word raid they don't like it oh, it yeah. sounds like it's some kind of you know extrajudicial non-legal thing it's the execution of a search warrant it's a court authorized search warrant i'm sure we're now going to be in for days of ranting and raving even at cpac over the weekend there was a congressman from arizona who called for the defunding of the fbi before this even happened so we're in for more of that i'm sure they're hunkering down for that but the word raid they don't like it they they want to say they executed a search warrant so this is really interesting what he's saying because if you listen to him at face value he's warning her don't say raid they don't like it they don't like it when you say raid Agents don't like it. Dana Bash did the same thing. She said the same thing. Don't say raid. And on that guy who is the FBI guy who is pictured in the newsletter, Mm -hmm. and anyone who got the newsletter should go go look at it. Uh, For one thing, just to preface it, he looks like a vasectomy victim. (laughs) I mean, it's like a a seriously bad one. I like how you say victim. (laughs) So he's a vasectomy victim. Patient, patient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I have the two clips because after they said that, MSNBC changed the Chiron. Uh-huh. It's from Ray. And I have, the, yes. <laughs> I have the two examples in the newsletter. You can see the before and after it because yeah. he's just saying, as he says that, they cleared the <laughs> lower third and change it. Because it says raid in the first, but just as he's bitching about that. But that's yeah. kind of interesting. But I was getting my material from CNN. And I have a, a threesome here, if you don't mind. And this is a bunch of speculation. Um, 
and they're freaked out because they don't know what to make of the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I knew that you, you, the two of us it, right it away, out. right away, pretty much right away. It wasn't, and I was aiming my clips for this to, just to try to pick pick up some tidbits. But let's go to the raid CNN panel speculating. We all knew that if DOJ did anything, that this was going to be the response. But I do agree with Alyssa that it will look bad if this is a relative, if this is dotting the I's, crossing the T's type of thing on a classified document concealing type of crime. But I suspect it's not. And I suspect it's not because, first of all, they got 15 boxes from there. They did discuss it in June. You have to 15 re- boxes in January. In January, and then they earlier. talked about what was, you know, they had some discussions in June. I would guess, this is pure, you know, speculation, but from my experience as a federal prosecutor, I would suspect that DOJ has very good information from a witness that there is more there, and that's why they did the search warrant. Remember, this is a guy who's flushing documents down the toilet. You're not going to go ask him to <laughs> yes. turn something over. So you have There's, to do a search by the way, warrant. And I don't think I, I, I have the clip on that. I have, I have the clip on the documents. Yes. This flushing down the toilet thing has always struck me as just rank bullshit that uh, goes back to the everything Donald Trump did was bad kind of era. Well, and. Is there any evidence that he flushed anything down any toilet? I have the clip because I think this is a um, a reflush. Is that the old clip? No, no, this is a new clip. This is a new clip. I think this is a reflush of what you're talking about. New York Times reporting Maggie Hamerman has claimed former President Trump has flushed handwritten presidential documents down the toilet. And now we're seeing images for the first time. Axios was first to publish the photo that reportedly shows papers in a White House toilet and a toilet from an overseas trip. ABC News has not authenticated these images, and it's unclear what they pertain to, but they appear to be written in Trump's handwriting. Haberman has reported that Trump would routinely tear, tear up documents that were supposed to be preserved under the, pres- under the Presidential Records Act and flush them, sometimes clogging a White House toilet. Okay. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, this is sure. old, though, but that's a new clip, but it's an old story. Yeah, it's an old story. Well, let's go back to this guy. Did you, yeah. Was that the end of that clip? No, 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 no. Halfway through. Here we go. The guy who's flushing documents down the toilet. You're not going to go ask him to turn something over. So you have to do a search warrant. And I don't think they're doing a search warrant uh, just simply to sort of button up their investigation. I think there's they would only do this if they had real evidence of uh, real indication of some evidence. And to be clear, the, what I just described is the political argument and what is going through his mind about his political future, which he sees is very much tied to to the legal strategy. But you're right that it's really hard to imagine, especially given what we have seen within the DOJ over the past you know, several years, that they did not do this without it being buttoned up. Yeah, yeah, you better believe it, people. They, they're dumb. It was it was a dumb move. You know what I love about this? It doesn't matter. What the Department of Justice says doesn't matter. Everything will look like a poor defense because of the framing. Raid, never before in history. Banana Republic, crossing the Rubicon. Yeah. I mean, I Stasi. It really everything. in it. Oh, yeah. It's, it was like, it's, like a big turd and it's smelled and everything. And they put their foot right in the middle. Part two of this series. 
Do you think the specificity of the raid, knowing to look in the safe, going into his personal office in Mar-a-Lago, indicates that somebody may be cooperating who knows who's yeah. close to the Trump circle and would know where they should be looking? Well, and we do know that a handful of folks have gone in in recent weeks, but I think this this indicates someone senior is cooperating. It's, it's possible that the family knew all about this. I've seen these signals with Ivanka Trump actually saying, I've taken the red pill, which is a call out to the paranoid online meme based Trump extremists. Podcasters. Donald Trump Jr. has this essentially iron cross, crusader cross on the stock of his gun and displays it prominently. This is really an end of the signaling to the most rapid base that we agree with your paranoia. I want to make one thing clear as we've been having this discussion here is that we are getting really just one side of this. And it's from Trump world. It is from Trump world. Yes, there was this political um, journal in Florida that sort of had a hint of this. But it was Donald Trump who made the statement and Donald Trump who tried to control the narrative early on last night. We haven't heard from DOJ. Well, we haven't heard. Right. We haven't heard from DOJ. We have heard from a lot of Republicans who don't know anything about what they're talking about. <laughs> Do you have that Michael D'Antonio guy in the third clip? No, the, this third clip is important, though, because it discusses how Trump rolled the thing out himself. Oh, I think it, this is the guy. This is the biographer. Well, I, oh, no, that was the guy. He was in that clip. He's the one who talked about the, the uh, Don Jr. or Eric having yeah. The, the, yeah. the cross. That Yeah, the biographer is on there. And the other person on this panel, which is really weird... But I realized, because I saw her again this morning on The View, Good. and by the way, I think it knocked my IQ down two points. Yes, I had to turn it off. at least minimum, minimum. Uh, this Alyssa woman. Alyssa. She's got a big, broad smile. She's a good-looking TV girl. Mm. Uh, she's from the press office from Trump's era. She oh. was a pre- one of the women in the press board at mm-hmm. Trump's office. Mm-hmm. And she's turned on Trump to become a spokeshole for, uh, <laughs> for the CNN oh, okay. and the view she's on the view as a part-timer <laughs> oh, no. but I think they may, may make her permanent even though she got into this unbelievable beef with Joy Behar oh uh, about what oh that was a little too enthusiastic John I'm getting worried about you <laughs> she says ah oh, you know the, the Democrats are in trouble and they're gonna have to do something to get their votes and to get to try to hold on to the house and Behar jumps on her and says, well, how do you know that? And the people haven't voted yet. And she goes uh, on and on with this denialism, which all the Democrats are exhibiting on these talk shows, especially yeah, the radicals. Yeah. And and Alyssa says, well, there's poll this. And she starts get coming up with answers. And well, unless, until they vote, I, I, I don't believe a word of it. And she gets right. all huffy. Right. She's very, Behar's on the, on the edge. And but she what is she doing on this show? But you can look at her. She's got a face for television. Mm. And then she was on the CNN thing, and she's floating around. Her she's kind of neutral. She hasn't really you know gotten into. It. And I think that experience on the View may get her to try to ask Fox for a job because that was I thought it was distressing. Hmm. But here is the uh, so yeah that the biographer. Is, I got is I got there. him. I got the clip from him for a minute. Okay, well, let's yeah. play this. Play this third clip first, and you can if he's not in here. So let me ask, Daniel, because Merrick Garland, he must have known that this type of thing would be coming. Lisa Monaco must have known the deputy AG must have known this type of thing was coming. Christopher Ray must have known this. Hold on a second. Did you know that Lisa Monaco, that stooge from the Clinton administration? Yes, I did. I did. 
Holy moly. I know. This is just a bunch of Clinton-Obama people. Can't Biden but, come up with somebody of his own? she was also the man-hater, if you remember. Was it not Lisa Monaco along No, with, no, that was Napolitano. No, it was both of them. It was Janet and Lisa. I'm pretty sure Lisa well, Monaco be, was be. in on it when she was yeah, at they DHS. Yeah, the, they, were, they were doing sexual harassment. Yes, they were putting men in the bathroom. in the Justice Department, just yes. under Garland. So when yes. Garland gets fired after this... Yeah. What a laughable <laughs> type of thing would be coming. Lisa Monaco must have known the deputy AG must have known this type of thing was coming. Christopher Ray must have known this type of response was coming. So given that they would likely anticipate this response, how much does that raise the stakes for their decision? What bar do you think that they must have felt was met? I think they had to feel like it was worth it for their investigation. I, they absolutely knew they were going to get this blowback. Um, but I think Merrick Garland has been he's been ridiculed by the left for going so slowly. And every time he gets ridiculed, he says, we will follow the facts and the law wherever it leads. And I think he's going to do that. And people, some people are both sides are not going to like it. He's going to get attacked. And I think he probably has just said, you know what, this is my job. I'll get attacked. But I'm going to do it. And can I just add to that? It's not as if they woke up one day and said, OK, today's the day. We're just going to issue this search warrant or we're going to send the FBI in to get what we want. This has been uh, sort of the climax of months and months and months of actual talks. Well, that part is true. Yeah, they've had months and months of talks. It has nothing to do with a raid. It is it is harassment, of course. Or I would say, more likely, Trump has something they don't want him to have. And I'm pretty sure it's not just some innocuous note that he took. Well, that's what they were led to believe. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's something, it's either something on, it's, just, it's something big. You know, mo- moon landing, JFK, any other <laughs> black... Moon landing. Black, any other, <laughs> so, hold on, I had a... I had a phone call yesterday with a family member in the know who, in this case, shall go unnamed. Uh, and Because you mentioned Lisa Monaco and all the Obama people. Uh, I can say with certainty after speaking to this family member, the Central Intelligence Agency is firmly in control of everything. They're running the show. They're happy to be back. You know, it was great during Obama years. Uh, it was great during the Bush years. Uh, Clinton years, you know, they, they got him under control with some blackmail. Uh, and so everything you're seeing is CIA. Everything. All decisions. It's not Obama. It's not. These are just executors. Well, this is one way of getting rid of Garland, who's probably yeah. not associated, and put Lisa Monaco in Up that in job. Front. Yeah. All the, it's all intelligence all the time. All intelligence. So here's all here's the, the time. clip I think. I'm sorry about that last clip. The clip I wanted to play was I think this is it. This is the raid Trump announced. This is the uh, talks about how this thing came about. Play this up in his favor. He more or less broke this news. It was he actually did break a, it. It was he did I believe break a, it. yeah, a Florida based reporter had something, but he was ready to go. And I've actually seen quite um, sort of aligned messaging among Republicans. This is, you know, a banana republic. This shouldn't happen. If they do it to the president, the FBI will do it to you. I think he's having a good day as of now. So I hope DOJ's buttoned up on this. All right. So now let me play also from CNN, the uh, biographer, Michael D'Antonio, who I think wrote a biography about Trump. Biographer of Trump with him and with family members. What do you think is going through his mind and their minds? Oh, I think they're delighted. 
This is a surprising answer, but I think that they've been planning for this for years. Donald Trump first did his reaction to the FBI, actually having his lawyer call them Gestapo and stormtroopers 50 years ago. So he's been prepared for this strategy all along. He issued a campaign-style commercial within hours. This was prepared in advance. So he's an expert at spinning everything into publicity. He believes all publicity is good publicity. And that hardcore Trump group, 35% of the electorate, is going to be electrified by this. I, I, I think he's having a good day, actually. Yes, that guy gets it. He gets it. Of course, they went and moved right on with the conversation. Well, no, they all agreed. Yeah, uh, Elisa, uh, they, they moved Elisa, on. Alicia. They moved on. No, that clip I just played is the one that ran right after that clip right. you just played. Right. And she's, she said, yeah, he's having a good day. Okay, yeah, true. All right. Yeah, but they, but they didn't, they don't see it as planned. He, he said it's planned. No, nobody saw it as planned. They just thought he was having a good day by coincidence. <laughs> how can that dummy, how can that dummy? Oh, uh, breaking news. Garland's going to make a statement any minute now. So trolls be on watch. Show day, of course. And somebody Bastards. please clip it and send it to Adam and we'll play it on the um, air. On the air. Um, there was one pushback that came up. Oh, 2.30 Eastern time. Oh, well, that would be now. So um, there was one little thing they tried to push back, uh, which was propagated throughout the airwaves, you know, trying to get a little more leverage on this masterstroke by Trump. Just tell ABC News, there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon related forums. Sources say there's been a strong reaction to the raid on extremist and QAnon-related forums. Sources also telling ABC News there's been a strong reaction from some extreme groups online, including QAnon and other groups. There has been a strong reaction to the raid on extremists and QAnon-related forums. Including those that were active before January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th. Including those that were active prior to January 6th. Involved in the January 6th insurrections. Including those that were active prior to the January 6th riot. Some have been calling for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence and even a civil war. Some of them include calls for violence in online forums and even civil war. This was the top comment on the search on the pro-Trump site, The Donald, last night. Quote, lock and load with references to a civil war. Talking very violently about civil war. Searches for civil war spikes. They're talking about civil Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. <laughs> you get the point. You get the point. Uh, but every single one of my friends texted me. Smart people. 45 Savage rated. I'm like, okay. This DOJ is an embarrassment. Okay. What was the other one? Uh, <laughs> They're all the same. Yeah. No, people are, I mean, it's the, it's the media again that doesn't do its job, but. Okay, well, no, the fine. media actually did their job beautifully without knowing it. They did exactly what Trump expected yeah, them to do. Yeah, stooges. I, there's a little sidebar I want to play. This is a, some little tidbit backgrounder that you should know. It's, uh, it doesn't really come up in the conversation much, but I think it was Elisa, or whoever, whoever yeah. pronounced her name, mm-hmm. that brought it up on that CNN panel. Mm-hmm. This is the sidebar on Trump, why he's not announcing right now. It's probably not so small in his mind, though, that you know, as uh, somebody who has w- worked in politics before. The minute he announces, 
<laughs> he loses a big money train. And that is the money that is coming from a joint agreement with the RNC that helps him pay his legal bills. And his legal bills are not small. Oh, they're not small. He has a joint, he has an agreement that I don't know about. A specific agreement with the RNC to pay, pay his lawyer bills. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, this, this guy can do deals. <laughs> yeah, Hello? that's a great deal. He got, how did he got that one pulled off? I'd like to know the background on that, but I haven't heard anything. I only have one more clip. You can listen to this now or later. It's a little long, but it's George Conway. Oh, goody. George Conway, Kellyanne Conway, like bad husband. Yeah, how could she stay married to that guy? I think she had trouble getting a husband or something because, jeez, <laughs> oh, now you're really <laughs> no. Because she had I think trouble she was, getting a husband at the husband I think mark. She did because I think she's a very aggressive, fast talking, uh, yeah. not as much as she used to be back in the nineties. A very aggressive, fast-talking woman that I think turned a lot of guys off because she's extremely smart. Yeah, she's and a little scary. And I've seen a couple yeah. of these women coming up. There's one on Fox right now who's who reminds me a lot of an of a younger Kellyanne Conway. She just she's just got too much too much wits about her. It's the only way to describe it. But she can say she just has stuff at her at her fingertips that she can throw at you. And mm-hmm. if you got into a little argument. It would be, I think it'd be destroyed quickly and the male ego is, is somewhat sensitive to, to and Kellyanne in, in 1996, seven, she is very, very pretty. Very, yeah, she's still good looking for, you know, yeah, she's for a middle-aged she's, woman. Yeah, but she, you know, she's beaten up a little bit. But <laughs> so, so, so somehow, I don't know how they hooked up. It makes hey, no man, sense. it's just miles, okay? It's just miles. She's got a Everything lot of miles. Else, that's, that's the term I was looking for. Now, that's an insulting term. Of course. She's got a lot of miles on her. All right. So opening let's clip listen here. to George. All right. I want to bring in attorney and contributing columnist at the Washington Post, George Conway. George, great to see you this morning. Look, please, let's just take a step back. Uh, because this is so unusual. We haven't seen anything like this before. So when you heard that the FBI executed a search warrant at the home of the former president, what questions does it raise for you? What standards in your mind must have been met? Well, obviously, they have to meet the basic standard of, of, of any search warrant. You have to show probable cause that a someone, might not be Donald Trump or could be Donald Trump, uh, committed a crime and probable cause that there is evidence of that crime uh, in the location being searched. And you have to particularize exactly what it is that you're looking for. And you have to put that all in an affidavit that a federal judge reviews and then a, makes a determination that there is sufficient cause to, to, to invade someone's privacy and to come into someone's home and to do this. Uh, that's, that's one thing. But again, this is a former president and the the political consequences, the the national consequences of going over your skis on this are are just too huge for anything but the most significant evidence, I think, um, that would justify uh, uh, Merrick Garland, who is a cautious and uh, cautious person, uh, to authorize this. And it had to be authorized by him personally. Um, And so you have to ask, uh, what is it about this particular circumstance um, that has led the Justice Department to this step? Obviously, they don't quite trust him because they obviously don't think that subpoenaing him or requesting documents from him will get them the answers they want. But what is it that they, that they want? Well, um, 
it, it's, it's pro- it probably isn't just that he took some documents in a rush and packed them in 15 boxes and shipped them to Mar-a-Lago without focusing on what was in them. Okay, there's got to be something more. It got, maybe it's the, the nature of the materials, or it could be that um, he sent some of them back and represented that I'm just speculating here. I mean, you know, he's, he's not the most honest person in the world and, and not the most meticulous in obeying laws and rules. Maybe he didn't send them all back, and they're suspicious that he, did it, that, that he didn't um, send them all back, in which case he could be, he could be, he, he might be potentially liable for making false statements through his lawyers to the, to the National Archives. All right. Whatever Trump has, it involves George Conway. <laughs> that guy's making it, uh... It's some it's something big, and then and we're not going to find out. He has something they want. They want and the, and the, do you think that they did not? I'm sure they didn't, but didn't inform the White House. Uh, there I don't have any of these clips. I mean, I I clipped out. And no, I, I have the clip summarize. of I have the clip of. Uh, uh, oh yeah, she well she doesn't know anything. She's an idiot. But but <laughs> Karina Abdul, there, there was. There was a good uh, back and forth on one of these shows with a guy who knows uh, how the Justice Department works. And he says, generally speaking, you try to you know keep it the a, a Chinese wall between the two. So the Justice Department does things without telling. And it's possible that Biden says, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Oh, please. Uh, so, oh, please. So he has, well, he wouldn't be able to say anything, but he could mumble it. No, and, uh, no. This is. I think it's more. No, desperation. I don't think he knew. I honestly don't. No, think I he don't knew. think he knew either. I think this is desperation. The intelligence agencies, likely the CIA, and the FBI is now under the CIA. We we've seen this. We know how the command structure works. Uh, they're running everything, and uh, and they they there's something there's something that they're really worried about. And uh, come on, man, this is this is just the opening, and it's going to be super fun. <laughs> well, you have to play the Jean Pierre Claude Claude Van Damme. It's uh, it's Karina Abdul Jean Claude Van Pierre. Uh, hold on a second. Where do I have you? Want my clip? I have her somewhere under the radar. Yeah, I don't have a clip. I didn't clip it. I, I'm sick of this woman. In the face of growing Republican outrage over the raid of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, the White House is declining to make any comment whatsoever, other than to say President Biden had no role in authorizing it and, in fact, didn't even know about it until the news broke. The president was not briefed, did not, was not aware of it. No, no one at the White House was given uh, a heads up. No, that did not happen. Republicans are accusing the Biden administration of weaponizing the FBI and the Justice Department. Weaponizing! Some Trump allies are even calling to defund the FBI. And Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is threatening to investigate Attorney General Merrick Garland. We now find that justice in America is not equal. While stoking outrage, Republicans are also attempting to raise money off it, with fundraising appeals already going out from the Republican National Committee and from Trump himself. But some Trump critics are raising concerns as well and calling for the Justice Department to explain why it raided Trump's home. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, a longtime Trump critic, called on the Biden administration to release documents authorizing the raid and warned that if the federal government doesn't have overwhelming evidence that action was absolutely necessary, then it will only undermine faith in democracy and the rule of law. The Justice Department and the FBI have refused to comment. Standard policy in an ongoing investigation 
Law enforcement sources will only say that the raid was related to documents that Trump allegedly took improperly from the White House when he left office. Yeah, this is great. You know, you know who 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 was expecting it, who was in the know? Hillary Clinton. She was ready. Did you see what she had? She came out right No, I missed I missed the whole Clinton uh, scenario. She came out right away with hats that say Oh no, the hat. Yeah. But her emails. I saw the hat. But her emails. Yeah, but her emails. I I saw the hat and I said, "How is that catchy or no, interesting?" No, it's, it's stupid. It's very stupid. And it's in your face, but that's typical for her. Because, you know, everyone who's a Clintonista, Clintonite, they you know they know that these emails were just yoga appointments and some recipes and wedding planning. They all know that. So that's why it's hilarious that she put that on the hat. Meanwhile, it's in your face with their damn emails. Yeah. <laughs> it's I really in your face. Okay. But the wheels are coming off this thing for the Biden CIA administration. I don't know if you heard about the uh, mega donor, the Democrat mega donor, uh, Steve Kirsch, who is defecting. He's defecting. Well, he's defecting from CNN and he appeared on Fox with, with a very interesting message. You know, for many years, Steve Kirsch was a Democratic Party mega donor. He says he's given more than $20 million to help elect Democrats. And now he might just be jumping ship. Steve Kirsch is an entrepreneur, self-made success story, enjoys us now to explain his reasoning. Steve, when did the Democratic Party start going south with you? Well, when they violated my, my, my trust, Brian, um, you know, they told the, the agencies, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, said that these vaccines were safe and effective. And when I started seeing my friends die and be injured, and I started looking at the data, uh, there was no question that this vaccine is the most dangerous vaccine ever created by man. It is a thousand times more deadly than the smallpox vaccine, and that's too unsafe for people to use. And I could not get even a single minute in front of any Democratic congressman. The best I got was that Ro Khanna uh, gave me a, to a staff member who took two months to get back to me. And when I asked if she had read what I had sent her, she said, no, it disagreed with the CDC, so it's not right. And so I didn't really read it. So, and so that's as far as I ever got. Uh, but you didn't stop there. You did your own research. What did you find? What, what, what did you find was effective? And what was the reaction when you put it out there? Well, I, what I found was uh, that hundreds of thousands of Americans have been killed by this vaccine and millions have been injured. And, you know, uh, clearly you are more likely to be injured or dead from the vaccine than if you were unvaccinated. So what they're saying and what the reality is, is completely opposite. There is a uh, conservative radio show commentator. Uh, his name is Wayne Root. He had a wedding eight months ago. And he had about half conservatives and, and ha- yeah. well, half of his, they're all pretty much conservatives, okay? But half were vaccinated and half were not vaccinated. And he found that of the 100 people that were vaccinated, he had 26 people who were seriously injured. And he had seven people who died. And in the unvaccinated group, he had zero and zero. So, Steve, now, yeah, we don't know. That like, is statistically impossible right. if the vaccines are safe. Right. So we, don't, we can't verify those numbers. These are numbers you do oh, have. Chicken shit. Chicken shit. I left it's it in anecdotal. there. He's, he's giving it. Like, yes, I'm telling you, yeah, we went to the store the other day. Uh, 
uh, Adam, and I was I bought. It was interesting because the peaches they had two different peaches, one at four ninety eight and one at three ninety eight, and the three ninety eight peaches were actually better. Really, John? Well, I can't verify that. <laughs> I know. I it's- mean, seriously, it's anecdotal. The guy's giving. He's just telling a tale, and it's like one way or the other. Dude, that's not the retort. That's not the retort to somebody telling you something that they personally observed. It well, is, I can't verify what you observed. It is if you're on That's Fox News. chicken shit journalism. It is if you're on Fox News and you're going against the almighty Pfizer, you got to throw your disclaimer in there. It's in the briefing material, people. It is in the briefing material. It's, it's part of their, they have a meeting and they discuss this sort of thing yeah. and they don't let us think, don't let that get by. No, 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 no. You can't let somebody say that. You have to stop them. So it's getting uh, hard to hide the dead bodies. That's what we're seeing. Well, wait, before we, before we leave the other topic, it's a good, by the way, if we were going to leave the other topic, that was the greatest segue ever. Well, can't um, we, we can't leave the other topic. I'm, I'm full steam ahead with dead people. Okay, well, let's go with dead. I only have one thing about the COVID. It's that I got the doctor. I finally got the clip of the medical doctor who gave the testimony as a whistleblower, and I've got some of her clips of her, and that's all I've got, so you can figure out how to use that. Okay, well, why don't we start with that? Okay, so this is woman. Uh, and well, I actually, clip number one introduces her. It's my new way of introducing, so I don't have to write down notes. Yeah, just this woman, yeah. Doc, it says uh, intro, intro, Dr. Long intro. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Long intro. Here we go. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, and I'm an Army Aerospace Medicine Specialist. Senator Johnson has invited me here to make a statement to him regarding my opinion about the life-threatening adverse side effects of COVID-19 vaccine. Is this, is this an old testimony or is this recent? It's, 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 it's not recent, but it's not old. Okay. And I've been trying to dig it up. I had to beg somebody. I did... And I want to thank everyone on No Agenda Social who dug this up. Okay. It's becoming a good resource because I knew about it. I saw the stories about her. She's a whistleblower, and they had a phony baloney hearing. It was one of those off-site hearings. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, with, with a lame-ass room. No authority. In a lame-ass room. Yeah. And at yeah. least it was mic'd okay. Yeah. And they bring, bring her in to talk about this for Johnson. Ron Johnson, you don't know him. Yeah, And it was some good material in here, and there's a little bit about pilots. These are fairly short clips, except a couple of them. Yeah, I think so Let's go with Dr. Long, part uh, number two. I believe the COVID vaccine is COVID. a greater threat to soldiers' health COVID. and military readiness than the virus itself. Over 200,000 service members have rejected the vaccine, yet the military is pressing forward without regard to the damage to the morale and readiness to process these soldiers out. We have never lost 200,000 soldiers on the battlefield in a few months. Taking soldiers out of uniform has the same impact on readiness as losing them on the battlefield. Last May, I attended the Senior Preventative Medicine Leadership course for the Army. When we're given an opportunity to ask the senior leaders questions, I simply asked. So we skipped two years of phase two trials and three years of phase three trials. We only lost 12 active duty soldiers to COVID, yet we're going to risk the health of the entire fighting force on a vaccine we only had two months of safety data on. The response was, you're damn right, Colonel, and you're going to get every soldier you can 
to take the vaccine so I can get enough data points to determine if the vaccine is safe. Our service members are national treasures. They have stared down bullets, been blown up by IEDs and bombs. They have endured thankless and protracted wars, missing the birth of their children. They bore the burden, no matter the cost. They did so without respect to political party or narrative. These are warriors, not lab rats. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You can yeah. 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 Tell the way this is going. Uh, <laughs> and it's not going to be positive for Pfizer. She did a whole, I didn't clip it, but she did a whole minute or two of her, her, her being covered by whistleblower laws. Yes. Uh, I remember this. And, and that was quite interesting in itself, but I was, this is slow enough that I don't need that in there. Let's go to part three. At the onset of the vaccine rollout, I had a colleague who took the vaccine to protect her elderly parents. She's a brilliant officer and a doctor. She's deployed twice. After the vaccine, she had fever, significant pain, lost all range of motion in her arm for over a week. That was the first time I looked in the vaccine adverse event reporting system to see if her symptoms were common. What I found horrified me. I found the bearers in only a few months into the vaccination campaign already had more deaths um, than in any year Des. for all Des. vaccines Des. combined in each of the 10 years. Pre- hey, wait a minute. I think she might be a, a Tedro shill. <laughs> she threw the Des in there. If you, you that, know, we that's had a million. right in bitching and moaning about us doing this. Yeah, but this is how Tedro speaks. You got to, it's a million. No, no, I know, but it's, I'm talking about us doing it in general and we do it. All the time, we find somebody saying something in some stupid way, and we can't help but ridicule it. No, hey, I'm going to just say this right now. This is what we do. Yes, welcome to the party, pal. Des, on the beers in only a few months into the vaccination campaign, already had more deaths um, than in any year for all vaccines combined in each of the ten years previously. I subsequently went to Fort Benning where I encountered numerous soldiers who told me of threats, coercion, and intimidation to get the vaccine that were at that time still under EUA. This violated medical ethics, specifically the Nuremberg Code. When I emailed Army Public Health Command and asked about adverse events, the epidemiologist emailed me back and told me that they were not tracking, tracing, or monitoring adverse <laughs> <Right>. events. <laughs> I received an email encouraging military health care providers and professionals to get vaccinated, put a sticker on your uniform, post it to social media with the hashtag, the vaccine safe, hashtag get vaccinated. <laughs> this disturbed me because it seemed as though healthcare professionals were being used as the marketing arm of pharmaceutical companies. Many would say this is just good public health messaging, but I would say this is a violation of DODI that prohibits endorsement of a civilian product. Yes, these vaccines are a product. The pharmaceutical companies are not benevolent charities. They are there to make a profit, and they are. Now, this clip was interesting to me, I, and I could have cut that last part out. I'm, I'm listening to how I could have better edited this boring woman. But what's interesting to me is she sent an email in to the epidemiologist and bitching about all this going on, and and she wanted to know some details about the adverse effects. and said, we're not, we don't care, <laughs> which contradicts what the other officer told her, where he said, we're trying to get data points. Right. 
If you're getting data points, it doesn't mean you're not taking any information down. So something is amiss at the Army. I would say the Army's got issues. Now, well, seeing, that- seeing as uh, it's possible that this shit was created for Dietrich, you know, maybe there's all kinds of agendas and issues at play. There's a lot of agendas, obviously. Let's go to part four. In May, I came across a young woman, a collegiate-level athlete, training for ranger school. She was everything we wanted in a female warrior. She had a promising career ahead of her. She told me that she was the only female in her ranger school class and the only one not vaccinated. She went on to tell me of the level of harassment and intimidation soldiers were facing for not getting vaccinated. She expressed her concerns about the effects that the vaccine might have on her fertility and health. I walked her through the potential risks and benefits uh, for her age, physical condition, and fitness. I told her, you have everything to lose and nothing to gain. She reached out and sent me this message. The time and pressure got the best of me. I know I met you for a reason, and there were so many signs and so much guidance against getting the vaccine. That day I spoke to another mentor who told me the vaccine is the future and Uh leaders make sacrifices, sometimes so they can be there for their people. I went forward with that, feeling like it was going to allow me the opportunity to look out for others. I hate to say how much I regret the decision. It's been a little over two weeks and my body isn't right. I was in such a strong place physically and ready for ranger school, and about a week ago everything changed. I began hurting, having cramping, back pain, bruising, coughing. I ignored it because I really just wanted to go to ranger school. It's everything I'd ever worked for. I shaved my head and left Sunday to get my tab, and my body shut down on me out there. The five-mile run I've been run a million times beat me. I couldn't get my body to move any faster. I was in pain, not for being out of shape, but for whatever was happening inside my body. I was dropped from the course and went and saw a doctor. I don't know why, but I wanted to reach out to you and tell you how grateful I am, regardless of the fact I failed to see the signs and trust why God brought me to you that day. Yeah, we could have done without this clip. Okay, you're right. Honestly. But the one clip I should I could have skipped that one. Yeah. But let's do this clip on the pilots okay. because you're a leader. You might want to yes. be interested. An in airman. This. Yes, correct. I saw five patients in clinic, two of which presented with chest pain, days to weeks after vaccination, and were subsequently diagnosed with pericarditis and worked up to rule out myocarditis. The third pilot had been vaccinated and felt like he was drunk, chronically fatigued within 24 hours after vaccination. The pilot told me he didn't know what to do, so he drank a lot of coffee to try and, quote, wake himself up and continued to fly until he realized it wasn't going away. After I reported to my command my concerns that in one morning I had to ground three out of three pilots due to vaccine injuries, the next day my patient patients were canceled, my charts were pulled for <laughs> review, and I was told that I would not be seeing acute patients anymore, just healthy pilots there for their flight physical. Yeah, we actually played that clip when it came out. Yeah, well, I yeah. played it again. No, it's good. So it's- I just wanted I wanted to do like a douchebag call out for the entire upper echelon of the, of the army. Yes. Every, that includes all- Luke. Starting with Luke. <laughs> starting-, starting, and I want to name them. Deloitte okay. Austin, Mark Miles. Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's do it properly. Oh, let's do it by person? Okay, yeah, ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's start with the top, Lloyd Austin. Douchebag. Then we go to the chief of Joint Chiefs guy, Mark Miley. Douchebag. Then we go to the Secretary of the Army, uh, James, what is his last name? McConnell, I think. Let me get his name correct. 
Uh, he's I'm sorry, he's the chief of, uh, head of the he's the head uh, chief of staff of the army, James Mc, uh, Mc you, know. you know, James Douchebag. His new name is James Douchebag. Okay, James Douchebag. <laughs> and then finally secretary of the army, Christine Warmuth. Douchebag. They're douchebags. These people shouldn't be in office. Well, they've they've been chosen very carefully to deball the military. Again, this is all CIA doing. This, this it makes so much sense when you look at it in that framing. Of course, this is, Trump had the DIA. Remember, it's the age old fight: DIA versus CIA. It never ends, and you know so. There you go. Put a bunch of weaklings, weaklings. I mean, the Lloyd Austin, that guy made no sense. They had to get a waiver because you're not supposed to have a military guy running the military in America. Yeah, no. Uh, no, but they needed, he was so weak and so perfect and so woke that we had to get yeah. a waiver. We had to get a woke waiver for the guy. We need a woke waiver. Yeah, as if they couldn't find anybody. Yeah. And Actually, that guy's such a, he's... He's, we remember seeing pictures of him. He's he's greeting the troops. He's got the mask on. He's got a face shield. <laughs> face shield. <laughs> everything. Oh, he's got everything except the blue gloves. Bull, bulletproof vest. <laughs> he's got everything. <laughs> you know, there was a thought about earlier. You know, the, this uh, army uh, lady was talking about you know uh, the vaccine being a product, but really, if you look at it objectively, it's the vaccinated who are the product. Know what I'm saying? No, why don't you explain? The vaccinated are the product. It's they're the ones being uh, abused and uh, and abused. Literally, it's just like you're the product when you use Facebook. You know, you don't know it, but you're being sold. You're being quartered. Oh yeah, you're well, being they, they are. Ele- yes, yeah. You, they're, you're, well, she said. I think she indicated that when she said you should wear a little button. Little stickers as I got vaccinated. You should too. Yeah, I'm great. Exactly. Anyway, back to the the bodies. Sorry, but I'm I I was looking back on those clips. They're boring, but I had to get this out of the way. No, it's okay. I I want you to feel good about your contribution. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the dead bodies. Here's here here's what's happening. So doctors are starting to speak up because they just can't live with themselves anymore. We have take it anymore. Yes. After two years, UK government data now shows one in every 246 vaccinated people has died within 60 days of receiving their vaccination in England. Uh, In the Netherlands, we have uh, 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 a virologist or Enoch. Hold on. Let me see. What is this guy? He's a. Uh, Theo Schulters, he's a vaccinologist. I guess that's the thing. He says out of every 800 people over 60 who get vaccinated for COVID dies. So, you know, it's... Wait, 60 out of 800? Yes. Well, he could do math a little better than that and do the division. It's like, uh, that would make it like... 8%? Oh, well... I'd have to, I, I can do the division. I mean, I'll, I'll I, I, what I'm seeing truly the numbers, people who die or are maimed or hurt seriously, I think we're at the, overall, we're at a four, four or 5% level is what have I you think. Look at, from the vaccine. Yeah. From have the you vaccine. looked at what the weird ailments that Ashton Kutcher's going through? Oh, and uh, not just Ashton Kutcher, but Bieber. Where's Bieber? Has Bieber's uh, palsy kind of ended? And his, and and his, his wife, were there, wife, were there wife. her clots and strokes and shit? Here's an Australian doctor who just can't 
handle it anymore. And now he says, fuck it, I'm going to just talk. Do you know how many of your patients have died from, or you think may have died from the vaccine? Uh, well, knowing and thinking two different things, um, I don't know specifically. And that is because, as you may be aware, the uh, medical boards via APRA uh, does not allow the freedom of speech to discuss these type of things. That's exactly why you're calling me now, because I'm in danger, like many other doctors who've been censored before, um, from for speaking out these things. So I would love to have the data to know exactly how many of my patients have died, have been harmed. I mean, we've got, um, you know, what, 200,000 reports to the TGA of adverse um, events. We've got uh, close to 1,000 deaths reported. So these are just the reported ones. Have there been full investigations on that? No. Um, there's been no autopsies to my mind. Senator Rennick has been trying to get this information out there, but we just can't get it. So that's why it's really important, I believe, what I'm doing, because if I can make it easier for doctors to speak out, then we're all going to get this information. and We can find out finally, once and for all, what is happening with these mRNA vaccines. So I think you made reports too to the TGA with, on behalf of your patients. They got turned away from emergency departments? No, no. Initially, um, I did not make any of those reports because I was afraid, as many doctors are, because as soon as you get caught up in criticising the mRNA vaccines, then all this fear and pressure from our colleagues and from the college and from ARPA and everybody starts coming down on you. So um, I made recommendation in my notes, but did I go ahead and have the guts to report it to TGA? No, I did not, because that was back in the day when I valued my job and my family and my security and my finances more than my patients. And I apologise for that and I'm sorry for that and that's what I'm trying to do now is to make up for my past mistakes by honouring the medical ethics that I uh, ascribe to, which is helping the patients first. Well, better late than never. Happy to have him aboard. Um, McCullough, <laughs> McCullough the King, just keeps on throwing it out there. Uh, and here's his latest about the uh, spike protein uh, created by the Vaccines, And the only reason why this coronavirus has led to death is because of this spike protein. The ball is innocuous. We've had coronaviruses. I may actually have one that I'm finishing up right now. It's not lethal to me. Yes, but the cold. spike protein yeah, is what makes That's it why lethal. he says, I have a coronavirus right now. It's not lethal to me. It's, 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 I'm just clearing it out as we speak. Lethal. Now, the vaccines, as shown here, on the left is... Uh, the um, uh, adenoviral vector vaccines, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, which inject the DNA, which codes for the spike protein and makes the body produce the spike protein. The messenger vac vaccines are on the right, and that's Pfizer and Moderna. They inject the message, messenger RNA, to produce the spike protein. But the vaccines all produce the spike protein, which those little red buds those buds are identical to the original Wuhan strain of the virus. The vaccines are producing the lethal part of the virus. The vaccines are the genetic code for the lethal protein that has killed millions of people worldwide. The vaccine provides the genetic code to produce the lethal protein for an uncontrolled duration of time and an uncontrolled quantity. When you think about that biologic ramification, that's the most risky vaccine anybody could ever come up with because it's completely uncontrolled. So in the wrong person and the wrong time, if they produce too much of it for too long of a time, it's going to be lethal. Kaboom. Mic drop. Pay no attention. 
vaccinate your kids. Good to go, people. So it's coming out now. Um, it'll still take years before everybody catches on to what's really happening. Of course. Um, sadly, sadly, because, you know, people are still all in. Uh, but it's time for some marketing. And the marketing is hot and heavy from, uh, from Pfizer. Uh, and the clip custodian did some fantastic work. He got some ABC. Actually, he got uh, the View clips, uh, which is with, with Dr. Ja. Uh, but also, the, the conversation is now kind of moving towards the marketing um, with, uh, with the president, you know, and his uh, continued uh, servicing with Paxlovid. President Biden ended his isolation this morning after a second negative COVID test. As he left the White House for Delaware, the president told reporters he felt good, experienced a rebound infection last week after completing a five-day course of the anti-COVID drug Paxlovid. The president first tested positive on July 21st and experienced only mild symptoms. Now, let's listen to an ad that ran on ABC. COVID-19. Some people get it, and some people can get it bad. And for those who do get it bad, it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, asthma, or smoking. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, don't wait. Ask your health care provider right away if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Authorized oral treatment. There is only one. It is the Paxlovid. Let's talk to Dr. Ja. And uh, you know, so Dr. Ja is the guy who, who comes out and says, I can't talk about the president, but he showed me his plate and it was clean. Yeah. That Dr. Ja. So he's the COVID uh, response coordinator. So he's kind of like Burks, you know, in, in a way uh, for the Biden administration. So he's coordinating the COVID response. Good job, by the way. And that's why he's on The View. So as, as I just said, President Biden had a rebound case of COVID last weekend and is still testing positive as of yesterday. We have heard about this uh, happening to some people who take Paxlovid, which sounds like a Russian word to me, Paxlovid, the antiviral drug. So should people think twice before using this treatment? And why does the virus come back? I mean, I mean, wow. Yeah. So first of all, the the virus came back with the president's feeling great, doing great, working still on behalf of the American people. That's what matters. Um, Look. Paxlovid was designed to keep people out of the hospital, to keep them out of the ICU, prevent them from getting seriously ill. That's why the president got it. That's why my parents recently got, when they got COVID, both got it. It works really, really well. Now, we do see some in some people who get Paxlovid, we even see this in people who have not gotten it, that they get better and then they get a rebound, that they get, they get worse for a few days. The good news is that that doesn't turn out to be anything serious. People who have rebound don't end up getting particularly sick. It's clearly a normal but the big point here is Paxlovid is great for keeping people out of the hospital, it's keeping great. them out of the ICU. And that's why I continue to strongly encourage that if you're if you get infected and if you're at elevated risk of, of complications, you got to talk to your doctor about getting this treatment. I love it. So in the show themselves, they mentioned the brand name, how fantastic it is effective. It's just a miracle. It, in fact, is doing exactly what the vaccine was supposed to do was keep you out of the hospital. Uh, but, I, you know, whatever. So probably not. But but then Pfizer just keeps advertising. Open. It's a beautiful word. Neighborhoods open. Businesses open. Fields open. Who doesn't love open? <laughs> Offices, homes, 
Stages, possibilities, your world, open. Open! And you can help keep it that way. That's right. Get your approved oral treatment from Pfizer. Keep it open, everybody. Open wide. Open. Yeah, so now they transition to the next... Uh, very interesting commercial. Very well done. Oh, no. These are, these are dynamite. These, of course they're well done. These, these are the top advertisers in the universe. They know what they're doing. Um, so now we transition to the next uh, vaccine. Okay, and people who are older than 50 most likely got a smallpox vaccine when they were children. Does this population of the country have any protection from monkeypox because of that? Yeah, this is a great question. You you know, no, smallpox, monkeypox, very... <laughs> I considered editing that, and I thought, no, you'll catch it. It's not a great question by any means. Yeah, this is a great question. You you know, smallpox, monkeypox, very related to each other as viruses go. Oh. You would think that if you got vaccinated... As- what does that mean? Very related to each other? What, what exactly am I supposed to take away from what he's saying there? Very related to each other? Pox, very- no idea. Guys have... Uh, Obviously, a stooge for pharma. Go on. Smallpox, monkeypox, very related to each other as viruses go. You would think that if you got vaccinated as a kid against smallpox, you would have protection. We don't know yet. We're still looking at the data. We are. There's been plenty of reports that say, yeah, we do know. No, no, this is Noia Information. This is new. What are you you talking about? This is Dr. Ja, okay? You would think that if you got vaccinated as a kid against smallpox, you would have protection. Did you get vaccinated against smallpox? Of course I did. I don't don't remember it. I don't remember if I got uh, smallpox. Well, you should have a little scar. No, then I didn't get it. I think my parents were smart, probably. Like, eh. I got it when I was, it was in the 19, it was way back. 1905. We don't know that. My, back in the 1900s. In the late 1800s, when they first came out, I got a shot. In fact, it wasn't Catherine the Great who it's not administered. not really a shot. It was like some pounding thing. They had a bunch of little mini needles. It was a gun. They, it was like... No, I, no, I think wasn't. I skipped that one. So I don't have the POC, the POC injection mark. Okay, well, when you're all covered with boils, let me know. Hey, man, I ate the sugar cube for the polio. Doesn't that count? We don't know yet. We're still looking at we the data. We don't know yet. Pox pounding. We are seeing some older people still get infected. So I don't think we know for sure one way or the other. We're going to learn more about that in the think in the days and weeks ahead. Thank you so much, Dr. Ja. I hope they change the name from monkeypox. I don't want to hear monkeypox anymore. It is not my now, come up it with another name. name. I mean, it's I too weird, you know? This it's woman weird. the hook. Hey, why don't they just call... Hey, I don't like the name Monkey Pox. It sounds like monkeys. Why don't they just call it smallpox, what it is? Why, why do they have to beat around it's, the bush? It's, a, it's very... It's attention, that's why for sure. Yeah, why don't they just call it very related to smallpox? That's what the guy just did. Anyway, um, so we got the monkeypox vaccine. Uh, which diligently uh, the gays are out taking right away uh, because that's, you know, they're compliant. They're very compliant. They're very, compliant. very compliant. It's a great group for this. Congratulations. Well done. Oh, except it doesn't work. I got a shot and I was infected a few weeks later. The lesion ended up getting bigger and worse. More men now coming forward saying they still got monkeypox even after their first vaccine dose. Even though my case was mild, it was still, you know, uh, very painful. A week after his first shot, lesions appeared on his body. Because of the long uh, incubation period, uh, you know, it's totally possible that I already 
you know, don't make excuses. Um, but, you know, you, you, you don't know. When you get vaccinated for monkeypox, you have to give this time for the antibodies to form. Dr. Carlton Thomas answers monkeypox questions on his social media and says there's a sliding scale of protection. Waiting at least two to three weeks after your first shot is, is good. Uh, waiting three to four weeks after your first shot is better. Two weeks after your second shot is the best. Today, the FDA gave emergency use authorization. What's that? How many shots do you need? Well, we've gotten used to it being multiple. You just need a boost. Just need a boost. You, know, I, you, a boost, you have to a boost. stop for a second. You have to remember. It was during the era of the show, the No Agenda era. Yes, the, uh, the golden age. Of, bro- of everything. <laughs> Broadcast. <laughs> if you remembered when the swine flu, phony baloney swine flu out of Mexico yeah. showed up, they tried to promote the idea of two shots. Yes. And yes. they just, the public rejected it. Correct. So, it, and they, I guess they had to, you know, because the two shots are better than one because you can sell twice as much and, you know, there's more money in it. Mm-hmm. So the public rejected it and it took a while before they came up with a scam to make you take two shots of this, of the latest of I, the I COVID. Think, yeah, I think they did that with technology. You know, they're like, well, it's technology, you know, it's binary. You need both. It's like uh, super glue where you have two components, two components super glue. I think it was just like they scared the people more than they did the first time around. <laughs> it's like, be afraid, take two. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Because now that's where they start pushing their luck. They're saying, well, we got them to take two. Now can we get them to take a booster on top of two? Because it doesn't work at all. And, oh, yep, they do that. Let's try to see what happens with two two boosters. Again. So now you have people bragging about two shots and two boosts. Yeah, there you go. Who? Four shots. Are you kidding me? The vaccinated are the product. Four shots plus two monkey shots on top. It's looking good, people. Good. Uh, waiting three to four weeks after your first shot is better. Two weeks after your second shot is the best. Today, the FDA oh, yeah. gave emergency Remember, use. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but do you remember the when the first COVID shots came out, there was this very rigid, you have to have the shot after 30 days. You can't mix shots. 20, no, blah, it had blah, to blah, be 22 blah. days and 14 hours. Yeah, and, it, was, it was very tight. Very tight. So it was a timeline. tight window. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's slowed. Well, you know, you could take it later. <laughs> you can take it. So what? Oh, yeah, you get there. You have Moderna. Take a Pfizer shot. It's not going to no, kill you. Don't mix and match. Then it was like, you know, it's perfectly fine. You know, and if, then, the, then they had the J&J. Top, top it up. Top it up with a, with the a Moderna. The stage was topping up a Johnson & Johnson shot <laughs> yeah. with a Pfizer shot. That's right. Top that shit up, people. It's not a problem. Don't worry. Before you were going to die, now it's all good. It's all good. Oh, yeah. Back to our monkeypox. It's good. Uh, waiting three to four weeks after your first shot is better. Two weeks after your second shot is the best. Today, the FDA gave emergency use authorization, allowing doctors to deliver one fifth of the dose under the skin. Hold on a second. Of- oh yeah, no, it's getting better now. <laughs> no, you got to back it up though. He said. Oh jeez. No, he said. He implied there's a third shot. Did he? Did you notice that? Uh, hold on a second. Let me get, roll it back. Social media says, and says there's a sliding scale of protection. Waiting at least two to three weeks after your first shot is it's good. Uh, waiting three to four weeks after your first shot is better. Two weeks after your second shot is the best. Second, Today, the FD. 
Waiting two after weeks. your second, two weeks after your second shot is best. You're right. He implies a third shot. What is this? Well, okay. So here's the thing. So since it's not working, they've now changed the rule. It's not. They've changed the rules. Of course not. Instead of jacking you up right in your muscle, they get to take 20% and shoot it right into your bloodstream or some shit. Listen. Four weeks after your first shot is better. Two weeks after your second shot is the best. Today, the FDA gave emergency use authorization, allowing doctors to deliver one-fifth of the dose under the skin instead of into the muscle. What? That sounds like a radical change. Do you think there was some testing done on that? I mean, that's, that's a whole different ball of wax if you're doing it. You know, under the, but it's under the skin, not into the blood vessels. Now, I, I'm reminded, okay. I think they're just experimenting on the public again, but I'm reminded of the original smallpox shot, which consisted of a, I don't know, something like a half dozen little bitty short needles that were yeah. like soaked in this whatever this vaccine was <laughs> soaked, soaked in, in it, it. So- and then they and you get the punched you get punched in the arm with it and it caused a big scab which gave you a slight scar and um, but it was just subcutaneous it was not into the muscle so maybe there's something about the the, the smallpox type vaccines that need to be subcutaneous under the skin. Uh, as opposed to in the muscle. And they've now said, well, God, maybe this is the problem here where you shouldn't be shooting it here. We should be shooting Have it there. you ever had a flashback like in, about your youth, which I just had? I, ju- I know why I didn't get the, 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 the pox vaccine. It was, on, it was the same day we had the sugar cubes. And I remember at school. Same day? It was on the same day. You got the sugar cube. Why would and then they there be was, doing that to you? Okay, go I'm, on. I'm just saying. It, it was the sugar cube. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't an injection. Yeah, the sugar cube is a big deal. And I remember, so we're walking and they had it in like the auditorium or a bigger classroom and they had kind of chairs for a snaking path and you'd walk past and you'd get your sugar cube out of the Dixie cup. And I remember <laughs> seeing the kids with the poof, poof, poof. And I was like, should I, should I be in that? And I remember being confused. I'd somehow gotten in the wrong line. And so I just didn't get it. I just, oh, interesting. Yeah, and it just hit me that that's what happened. I was a confused young man. You know, instead of saying, hey, shouldn't I uh, be in that, shouldn't I be there and get that shot? I chickened out, you know, like. Was uh, it a shot? How were they delivering it? Was the it? Gun. it was the gun. It was the gun. That gun? <laughs> yeah. That gun was popular for about a year or two. Well, this was, and this was 1969, maybe. The gun. I remember the gun. Anyway, back to the back problem is with the gun. Just a little aside. The problem with the gun is that people would flinch. Yeah, and then it would. Then you get a shitty ass pockmark uh, vaccine. You get it would just yeah. drill your just drill a hole in you. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have that mark of the beast. Okay. Now, hey, let's get back to the monkeypox vaccine. In case yeah, you didn't we'll know, never get through this clip. I'm telling you right now, it Go doesn't on. work. <laughs> Under the skin instead of into the muscle. Experts say the new method is just as effective. So it's a dramatic. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait. <laughs> wait. The term they said was just as effective. I know. What, what, well, then why change? Let's just listen again. The FDA gave emergency use authorization, allowing doctors to deliver one-fifth of the dose under the skin instead of into the oh, muscle. one-fifth. Experts okay. say the new method is just as effective. Well, if it's because just... It's lesser amount, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, why, so why is it important to give less? For more profit? Hey, hey, we can only give 20% charge the same amount. 
Yeah. <laughs> what else could it be? Hey, the government's paying for what it a great anyway. discovery. Just as effective. So it's a dramatic uh, finding. By the way, stop, stop. Just as effective. It doesn't work. Exactly. It's just as effective. <laughs> Give him a shot of water. It's just, it's just as effective. <laughs> it's just as effective as anything, really. <laughs> you know, just a little bit of saline. Just as effective. You could shoot it in your eyeball. Guess what? Just as effective. The dose under the skin instead of into the muscle. Experts say the new method is just as effective. So it's a dramatic uh, finding because we're getting the same amount of antibodies with one-fifth of the dose. But the FDA change was based on a single study, making patients who still got the disease after vaccination worried, saying simply, we need more supply. They would have concerns about, you know, how effective it is just because of the lack of, you know, lack of evidence. We have the vaccines in the world. We have the antivirals approved by the FDA and ready to go and scalable. We don't even know where the current antibody levels are standing with people with the uh, subcutaneous injections. I think we need a lot more data overall. Uh. So the entire point here is, gay brothers, don't do this. This doesn't sound right. <laughs> Have we learned anything from the previous clips about the COVID vaccine? Let's just stop and think for a second. You know, I'm worried about this. I'm really worried that this is, they're just quacksulfering. Well, what is the, that's a Dutch word, um, quacksulfering. And it means what? It's like, uh, you know, like a kook, like a, what is a, what is a, a, a doctor who's a, who's just a, a kook? What is it? There's a term for it. Quack, a quack, a quack. There quack. you go. Quacksulfur, quackery, quacksulfuri. There you go. Now, an old friend of the show I have to play because taking into account that this is currently, it, it will change, but currently this is only happening to men who have sex with men, formerly known as gay dudes. Uh, knowing that it is extremely painful to get these monkeypox, I would have to say that this old friend of the show called this shit. He called it. He called it early. He called it during the Obama administration. We played it then because he was right. We're going to play it now. I got a word from you. I got a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy. And I want you preacher to use this word of prophecy ever, whithersoever you go. That God is going to put a burning. God's going to put a cancer in the butthole. <laughs> God's going to put a cancer in the butthole right. of every side. This was not every- necessary. <laughs> but it's the flaming butthole. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic bit he did. You've forgotten how good the bit was. Yes. Ah, uh, you're you're gonna not gonna in let me con- play it in this context. I think it's in poor taste. <laughs> oh, please, <laughs> I don't think so. You know what's in poor context? In poor context is Doctor Peter Hotez, also known as Hotep. 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 <laughs> Doctor Hotep. So he is. I'm going to tell you something. There's new information about him. Has come to light. And new shit has come to light. First, let's let him wax on about uh, Paxlovid for a moment here, because, you know, he's the insider. You do hear about these uh, rebounds, these Paxlovid rebounds from time to time. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? 
So, Jim, I, you know, I think it's probably more common than than we currently understand. You know, in the clinical trials for Paxlovid, which were done before the Omicron uh, variants or certainly the later subvariants, it would happen about one to two percent of the time. But anecdotally, we're hearing about many more cases. And quite honestly, uh, a rebound uh, after Paxlovid happened to me. It happened to Tony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, um, and so it wasn't too surprising uh, that um, this happened. In fact, a couple of days ago, I warned, don't be too disappointed if it also happens to the president. Exactly the percentage of people who are experiencing post-Paxlovid rebound, I hear the number 20%. I don't know how valid that is, but it's certainly higher, I think, than the, the that was done in the original clinical trials. And I think it may be partly due to these sub new subvariants. There's a lot more virus replication, and so there's more virus to conquer by taking the antibiotic viral drug. And there's a new study that uh, the University of California, San Diego uh, infectious disease groups looking at. They're showing it's not due to emerging drug resistance. The virus is still sensitive to uh, the Paxlovid when rebound occurs. There are antibodies present. I think it's a matter of exposure to the medicine, that there's not enough medicine getting inside the cells um, over a five-day course to totally uh, wipe out all of the virus. So the question then becomes, should we extend it to seven to 10 days. Um, Eric Topol at the Scripps Institute is now looking at this. He has NIH funding to, to look at this. So we'll learn a lot more. Yeah, I think the questions right now, I think the president uh, hopefully will continue to do well. There's a question whether he should go back on another uh, course of Paxlovid. And so there'll be a lot of interesting discussions in the ensuing days. So this guy, the little teddy bear cuck, who sits on his uh, in his office and he's oh well, yes you know I'm at the children's uh, vaccine defense department of good stuff I'm a perfect man. Turns out his own uh, research funded chimeric coronavirus research in Wuhan. He was developing SARS vaccines. Uh, with the caveat that an accidental release from the uh, laboratory uh, could be a problem. These guys were all part of it. You know what's interesting to me in that clip? I didn't realize it, but he he says very clearly that he ended up with COVID. (laughs) Well, of course. He ended up with COVID, then he took Paxlovid, or Paxlovid, or whatever you want to call it, and then he got a rebound, and he says Fauci did too. These guys have poisoned themselves some in of the them, process of yeah. doing all this. Oh, some of them have, definitely. Uh, definitely. Anyway, so now we have to be sharp about everything. So you hear about the new virus, the new virus coming in from China. It's a new one. We got a new one. It's yeah, a, I posted on No Agenda Social. Yeah, here's a, here's a Chinese clip. Around 35 people in China. No, I'm sorry, Indian clip about China. That's what it is, because you can't get this anywhere else yet. Around 35 people in China have been found infected by a new type of zoonotic virus, the Langia Hennepa virus. Official media reports from the country state that the infection was found in the patient's throat samples in eastern China's Henan and Shandong provinces. As the world still recovers from COVID-19, while also fighting off the monkeypox care, this new virus could cause unforeseen complications for everybody. The virus can be transmitted from animals to humans. Chinese authorities state that none of the patients were in close contact or had a common exposure history. This may mean that human infections are sporadic. 
Since the virus has been detected recently, Taiwan's Center for Disease Control will develop a standardized nucleate acid testing method to monitor and check its spread, said its Deputy Director General Chuan Jensen. He also warned that the possibility of human-to-human transmission is still unknown. That's the most interesting news report. I just kind of got fixated by the, like the, the soundtrack that sounds like you're in a spa. <laughs> ding, 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 and just talking. Well, that clip to, definitely makes up for my. Yeah, Dr. well, long no, clips. it wasn't that long. No, it wasn't all that. <laughs> it bad. Was, wasn't that long, but holy moly, the Lang- I couldn't understand a word she said. Oh, really? Well, this is the Langia virus, L A N G Y A. Yeah. Yeah, and so that, and the, you know, I don't know. This, one of these days, one of these things is going to be so virulent that it's going to just wipe out China. Well, this one affects uh, humans, dogs, but most importantly, goats. <coughs> so we're bound to get this. No doubt about that. So you know, it's just not with enough goat karma. But I think I think they should just get another vaccine for this one. Why not? Jump on it, people. It's going to be fabulous. Fabulous. Um, okay. I think, uh, do we want to have anything else on? Uh, no, I think we're all good on COVID. Unless you have yeah. something else. I don't have any. No, I just had dead bodies. Clips. Dead bodies. That's it. Dead bodies. That's what that's I do have one. There was, I, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, try to get some clips. Mm-hmm. And I do have one thing to finish maybe this segment up with, which is an Ask Adam. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, and you prepared. you would only get that. Don't look at the chat room. Don't give him any hints because it ruins everything. Uh, this is a company called Lumi. And they qu- and this clip will answer the question. It's a short clip. Uh, Lumi makes soap. And, uh, and they're advertising everywhere. And there's something they paid scientists to do. I'm asking you, what was it that Lumi paid scientists to do? To do. Okay, so Lumi is a type of soap, and what was it that they asked scientists to do? And I'm not looking at the troll room, I promise you. The first thing that comes to mind is to, to eat it, to see if you could eat it. No, but this is a bit close. Here we go. Lumi actually paid scientists to smell butt cracks. <laughs> hey, and my clip is juvenile? Holy crap, man. What the hell? Well, with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, the man who just put the C in the scientist smelling butt cracks, ladies and gentlemen, my friend on the other end, Mr. John C. Dvorak. Morning in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships at sea, boots at the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. A producer sent in a new idea for starting this segment, and it goes like this. We do what we can to make everybody We do happy. the best we can. We do the best we can. We do the best that anyone can. We really do. I did my best, <laughs> but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Because here we are back where we were before. What a great time to be alive and be a podcaster. Just once, <laughs> can we figure out what we keep doing wrong? should be paid. Oh, good luck with that. Why we never last for very long. Oh, please. 
Jeez, this is all this is all just for love and for the next generation. There's no money in this. <laughs> and, and it's it, it's this weird time loop we get caught in all the time with the show, where we've been around long enough to have heard it all, seen it all, pretty much everything. That's definitely truth in that. <laughs> we always do our best. I think we succeed. Okay, I don't know what happened at the end there, but it was good up until that part. It was a nice uh, color piece, you know? I feel good about yeah, donating it was good to the show. The end sucks. Yeah, the end was was too bad. Too bad. Good try. Uh, yes, so besides the knights and the dames and, and everybody, in the morning to the trolls in the troll room, hello, we're all slaves of Gitmo Nation. I see you guys over there. Uh, let's see how many we got. Joke troll out. count. The let's see. Oh, okay. Stirring away those little ugly trolls trying to hide from me. 2141 feels good. 2141. Is that not a good number for us? Are we on the up still? We're for moving Thursday, up? it's a good number. Right. It's a good number. Good number, trolls. Welcome. You can uh, join them. Trollroom.io. Listen to the show live. Uh, you can do that at trollroom.io or get one of those snazzy new podcast apps, uh, newpodcastapps.com. Uh, it'll alert you. The, it likes, uh, Podverse is the one that I think works the best. It'll alert you, tell you right away, boom, the show is live, and it's right where you get the podcast uh, episodes and the troll rooms there. It's very convenient. Let's thank the uh, artist. Oh, a, a reminder, of course, you can also find us on noagendasocial.com. This is what John was turkey, talking about earlier. It's turning into a good resource, so follow John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com or Adam at noagendasocial.com from any Mastodon account anywhere, and you'll eventually start getting the flow. It's, uh, it's a new way of looking at social networks. I think you'll enjoy it. Give it a shot. Thank you to um, NetNed. Sir NetNed, I should say. He brought us the artwork for episode 1475. We titled that Vaxident, which was amazing to both of us that we hadn't used that title before, but we had some actual examples of what we think are possibly Vaxident, so it fit perfectly. And this was a concept piece that we both gravitated toward. We liked it. There was It was basically one of those pieces where, you know, it's an evergreen. You can use it if there's nothing else that blows you away that has to be used at that moment. Did, did, I, did I sum it up properly there? Yeah. Okay, thanks for I'm your tr- input. I'm trying to find it on the page. Uh-huh. Oh, no, there it is. It report all lies. Yeah, it's kind of an evergreenish thing. It's not really, it doesn't jump at you or anything. It's just, it's functional. Let's put, that's my summation. Because we were looking that's at the art. Word. I just dreamed Summaration, I like that. Now, yeah. the other things that we looked at... Well, you like the bang one just beneath it. Uh, bang one? Yeah, the one right below it. It says bang. Yeah, for some reason it's showing up differently now for me. Um, no, By Dame no. Kenny Ben, she just says bang. Yeah, I believe you, but I can't see it. I have a different different page for some, for some reason. I don't know why. Refresh. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Bang. Yes, I did like the bang. It was killing Batgirl. Uh, it was with the Batgirl mask. Yeah, it was. I liked it. I also liked the one next to it, the Q, LGBTQ, and the Q was the Queen's Throne. I like that one. Um, we did not like the Alex Jones, Nancy Pelosi stuff. I don't understand why you would even do that. Uh, Bug Max, no. <coughs> A lot of stuff that's just too small and not really understandable, I would say. Yeah, a lot of stuff. It was, uh, we had... Uh, are you distracted or are you not looking at this or are you, you... My batteries are going dead on my keyboard. 
Well, would you want to go get your batteries then? No, I don't want to stop. I'm going to see how long I can go before it drops dead, then I'll tell you. Okay, but you know, I, I need you uh, not distracted by batteries. This guy here, this new guy, uh, Igor, I looked at his pieces. He's, he actually looks like a fine artist. The uh, one who did the the basketball, the LGBTQ basketball? Yeah, I looked basketball. at his website. I looked at his uh, Instagram. He's a, he, he draw. He can definitely... He's got a couple... Of, like he's got this girl that's creepy looking girl. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he's very creepy. Oh, uh, this, yeah, he, he did. It's dark. He's got this yeah, dark. It's very dark. Yeah. He now did, I did. A, I used a piece for the from Evergreen that was stolen for the newsletter, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was a great funny piece. If anyone saw it, I get a lot of compliments for it. But I did. Somebody came over. Yeah, it's stolen, and he showed the doc. But it was the, the art. The original art was stolen itself. It was like a conglomeration of two things. It's Trump carrying babies away from a screaming Hillary. Instead <laughs> yeah. of a witch. Yeah. And Classic it's a meme. funny, funny piece. Classic. And meme. it's just a shame. And it's by Chai Budesh. Chai Budesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a funny piece that is really pretty, but um, it's stolen. And I, and I, now he's banned for six months. Ah. <laughs> Okay, write that down so we remember he's banned for six months. Yeah, six months. Uh, thank you very much, sir, NetNet, and thanks to all of the artists who participate in this grand tradition of value for value for the No Agenda show. This is this is top value we're getting from these artists because no other podcast, or very few, but I don't think any podcast has the level of art. Every single episode no. is new, is exciting, is entertaining, is eye-catching. Uh, Not it's, close. It's been a big boon and boom to the podcast because uh, you know it, it it shows up you know like you look hey what's this new thing in my list oh oh that must be a new episode so it's it's good it's an extra signal amongst all the noise we appreciate it no agenda art generator.com you can follow along live or again podcasting 2.0 all of these uh, images we discussed will pop right up in the chapter images now let's thank our uh, executive and associate executive producers for episode 1476 uh, this is the treasure part of the time, talent, and treasure. This is what keeps us actually going, keeps the bills paid, uh, and we're working on our 15th anniversary. It's been a roller coaster. It's always a bit of a roller coaster, but we could not be more pleased that we're still here and doing this work for and with everybody. With a, a fine Heineken in the can, which is just so tasty in the morning. And we And it seems like, are the notes long today? What's going on? Today's long note day. Long note day. Who this sent is, that this is another reason that I'm going. I'm, I really would like to limit the word count on the notes. The first note, for example, which is fine. He's got a. He's a knight, and he's did a lot of. He's got a story, but the story's you know, is it that important that it shoes up showtime? Uh, that note is a, is an essay length. It's 425 words, which short essay, but they're. There are shorter essays on Substack. I recommend these long note writers to get a Substack account. Go to Substack.com and start writing your notes there. I think that would be a great idea. In the morning, comrade says Dweezil from Detroit, Michigan, $750.33. We cannot ignore that. I want to get knighted Sunday on my birthday, but I was expanding my carbon food print food print by gorging on yak sliders and ice cold gin the night before and was too hungover to make the deadline apparently i'm giving now, you see, now, see these kinds of anecdotes are fun they're, they're not adding to the show that is a, a blatant lie 
He wasn't eating yak sliders and drinking gin the night before. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Everyone's a comedian, John. He's, he's funny. I'm giving you the full load, so to speak, of $750.33 to carry me through the round table. Last year, I rescued two baby squirrels, housed and fed them indoors for about a month and a month and a half before releasing them into the wild. Bigs and Smalls are their names. Well, they did. I mean, this is like the non sequitur of all time. Okay, so <laughs> I'd like to under. Okay, so we get the full load. Then he's rescued baby squirrels. Yeah, and by the way, squirrels should not be rescued. No, squirrels. They should be thrown they... in a bag and thrown in the river. These things are, are vermin. <laughs> what do you mean? It's good. What do you mean? Dinner? What are you talking about? You don't throw them in the river. That's good eating. Well, you can make burgoo. Yeah, burgoo. Uh, they did not travel far, staying in close proximity to my backyard and their food source. No kidding. They even returned with friends, many friends. Three days before Christmas, while feeding said squirrels, I looked away quickly. And upon doing so, a squirrel sank his front teeth into my finger. See? this is What are you doing with your finger near the squirrel? This is thanks you get from squirrels. <laughs> squirrels suck, man. You should have known. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy you're sharing this. I reeled back, sending the squirrel 10 feet into the air, but promptly caught him on his descent and returned him to the ground. Then it happened later that afternoon. I felt odd cough, severe headache, muscle ache, fever. I thought I had contracted some weird-ass squirrel virus, squirrel pox. My fear would eventually subside at the realization I was given the coof by my smoking hot wife who brought it home from the salon where she got her hair. A fact she still denies to this day. Oh, yeah, that chicks will do that, man. They'll lie. Thanks to a blister pack, I was over it within 54 hours as my smoking hot wife hung on to it for at least a week. She had to accept the jab as she works with other human resources. With that screed, I hope this sheds a little light on the name I have chosen for the knighthood. Ah, okay, here we go. From here on out, I would like to be referred to as Sir Dweezus of Hazardous Protector of Squirrels. I would like Yak Sliders and High West Midwinter's Dram to be served at the round table. For punching me in the mouth, a shout-out to Stephen in Ferndale and his now smoking hot fiance Trish. Duncan is still a douchebag, douche but a lovable douchebag. Uh, okay. Uh, somehow I didn't... This went beyond my spreadsheet. This was so long. So I didn't see all the jingles. Squirrel. And then he has ooh. What is ooh? What is ooh? I don't know. Maybe this is ooh. ooh I have ooh. I have ooh. And then you have mine die, and then he wants squirrels again. Okay, well, we can. I think we can do this. Squirrel! <laughs> Ooh! You, you might die. Squirrel! Okay, there you go. We will see you at the round table uh, with your request, of course. Christopher Cobb is up from Concord, North Carolina. That's interesting. It's the mic, John. He, he, you're cutting up. I was, because I, I was looking around. And listening for years and finally got around to donating. Definitely need a de-douching. You've been de-douched. This is a one-half payment towards my knighthood. Expect the second half in the next few weeks. Looking for some karma to help with an idea I'm working on. Uh, could be big. Might be a flop. Just swinging for the fences. Thanks for all you do. Now, there's a, there, a, now there's normal a note. fabulous note. Yes. note. You've nice got note. karma. David Henderson, 456 from Double Bay, New South Wales, Australia. I've been seeing 33s from every direction lately, feeling the urge to donate. I know how it works. 
The No Agenda Show is the best news source I know. Please keep up the excellent work. Well, may we recommend you not use us as a news source, but a source to fight the deconstruct, to fight the news, the lies. I have been fighting various battles on the work front lately and could do with some kick-ass jobs, Karma. Any help you can send my way would be appreciated. Olivia Newton-John, one of our national treasures, sadly passed away this week at too young an age. I agree. That's uh, Who did not have a crush on Sandy? Can you please send a health karma to anyone in the No Agenda Nation needing a health boost? My donation number of 456 represents the ruling numbers from myself and my two human resources. 456 is also my favorite album by The Grid. In addition to my last donation of 333, we now have 789. It all adds up very nicely. No jingles required. Many thanks. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah. Karma. Nicholas Heron, 42045 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. ITM crackpot and buzzkill. I really have so much to say, but absolutely will not be that guy. <laughs> and then he becomes that guy. He becomes that guy. <laughs> I will say, although I was long aware of the Podfather and all your contributions, as well as huge metalhead, I was a huge, <clears throat> as well as huge metalhead from the eighties. That means him uh, that stayed up late for Headbangers Ball on Saturday night and had to read one or two magazine articles from JCD back in high school computer class. It took Adam's first Joe Rogan appearance for me to listen to the show. I was instantly hooked. Media deconstruction at its finest, exclamation mark. That being said, I could definitely use a de-douching if you may. You've been de-douched. I get so much value from the No Agenda show, this contribution just scratches the surface. I humbly request the following jingles. Now, I'm going to ask why any, I'm going to ask him in particular since he's trying to keep this note short. When you ask for a de-douching, you don't need to write in the extra wordage, if you may. And you don't have to humbly request anything. You can just request it. And the, the, the jingles are, Donald Trump don't trust China, China's asshole, massive dumps, and healing goat karma, as in less than eight hours, I'll be undergoing spinal fusion surgery, which has to be oh, annoying. Yes. And hopefully get to bear this as I am doped up on some good stuff in recovery. <laughs> you, you're living in a dream world. Right, are. <laughs> uh, thanks for your courage, he finishes, with Nicholas Heron. And by the way, good luck to you in the surgery. We hope yes. for the best on that. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Donald Trump, don't trust China. China is asshole. They did dumps. They call them dumps. Big, massive dumps. You've got <laughs> karma. Let's see, we have Mike Bledsoe from Austin, Texas, 400, switcheroo. All right, hold on a second, switcheroo. Mike says, please credit this donation to my sister, Jasmina. All right, Yasmina, Yasmina Bledsoe, belated uh, birthday present, August 2nd. Uh Uh-huh, Vita Gutmacher. We know what happened there. You forgot your sister's birthday, didn't you? Like, oh, man, I got to make it up to her. I'm such a douche. Don't you think? Sounds probably right. it happens all the time. Dick of Saint Gall, Saint Gall, maybe I should say. No, he's from the Netherlands. Dick of Saint Gall, three 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 dot three four from Haxbergen, the Netherlands. What about the other guy? What other guy? This long note. I don't have a long note. 
from Mike Bledsoe? It's a very short note. All I have is please credit this donation. Where's the long Holy note? Holy moly. I don't have that in my spreadsheet. It's huge. I don't, I'm John. That's what she said, but it's not in my spreadsheet. Well then, <laughs> seriously, all I have is switcheroo. Please credit this donation to my sister Yasmina. Huh. Well, then you're going to have to read it. I don't have it. Oh, I was, well, it's off the spreadsheet. It's a real pro- problem. Um, this uh, is very odd. How can you have that and not me? It doesn't make sense. I know. Hold on a second. Is this, wait, is this something that came in underneath? The, me, the double click on it or something. See if you can blow it up. No, no. I know how this, I know how Excel works. It's not in there. So I don't know. What do you want me to do? Well, Bledsoe ends with, keep up the good work, John and Adam. Thanks for helping my well, fiance. Why can't, I get you, it. why can't you read the note? Because it's too big for my spreadsheet. Well, that's bullshit. Excel allows you to, this has to end right now. You need to figure out how to position the spreadsheet. It, it, no, I don't need a note that's 500 words long is what I need. Yeah, but I, but it, <laughs> there's nothing in here. I have, I have one sentence. I don't know why I don't have it. Now, if I go and check my mail and download it, it's going to take me five minutes to, to reformat everything. So is there any way, if you open up that little preview box at the top, can, can you read I can it then? Re- I, can, I can do stuff. Uh, but I, I don't even have the switcheroo part. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we Mine keep him? Off with- why don't we keep him in abeyance then? Okay, we'll keep him in abeyance. We've got to figure that one out. I don't know what happened, Mike. We'll figure it out. Looks to me like you needed to, to make up to your sister, so we fixed you there. Sorry, well, we have to understand. You, this, this spreadsheet formatting has been an issue for you or for your screen for a long time. Yes, if, the, if something goes out of bounds because it's like bigger than the screen, it, it just makes a mess. Well, here's what I, I do. Mean, so at least that this note is 500 words plus. It's the longest note of the day, and I thought you'd be laughing about it when you saw it, but then it turns out you can't even see it at all. It's not, it's not in my spreadsheet. What you need to do when you get the... Let me give you a little Excel advice, okay? Oh, oh okay. I'm, I'm all ears. So in the F column, which is where uh, the notes are, you click on the F on the top, so it selects that whole column. Then you right-click, you select Format... Are you with me? Are you doing it? No, I'm not. This, I see, select the F column. I'm selecting it. Yeah. Then you right click on the F. And I right click. Now and, do I right click at the top? Yes. At the on the F. And then you and and then you have a menu. It's called a copy. I have a menu. Let me read it to you. Cut, copy, paste options, paste special, insert, delete, uh, clear some clear contents. Form okay, format cells. Format cells. Format cells. Now. Do you see okay. that little box that says wrap text? Uncheck it, then check it again, and hit OK down at the bottom, and watch what happens. Okay, I opened a, it opens a window, says format cells. Yes. With a bunch of tabs. What? Number, alignment. Yeah, I said, do you see the little box, wrap text? I'm going to read from the box. Just, no. Under General, te- there is no wrap text. Text Go down lower. Box. Go down lower. Text control. I have the whole box in front of me. You don't have under text control. It says wrap text merge cells. You don't have that. 
No. You're on what version are you? Are you on Word Perfect by any chance? I'm on Word I'm on the latest Office 360 Excel. The latest. All right. I'm skipping him. We move on to Dick Van Gaal. And we're gonna have to figure that one out later. Great bit. Yeah. Too bad. Thanks for all your help. Hey, I can't help it that you have a bogus hacked version of it's probably on a hackintosh. No, it's not. Uh, Continue, please. It's not my fault you don't have the note. Well, it's not my fault that you didn't get the note in your cell F of the other guy (laughs) in the first place. So it's my fault you don't have the note at all. (laughs) You're agitating my long COVID. Okay. (laughs) Onward. Because Dick says, first off, congrats to John and Mimi on the 34th wedding anniversary. Thank you, Dick. How nice. With this donation, I have reached knighthood, but being chivalrous and celebrating our fifth wedding anniversary on the 10th of August, I'd like to bestow the honor upon my smoking hot wife, Karen, instead. Ah, please name her Dame Karen, Huntress of the Swiss Pre-Alps, as she provides us with deliciously fresh wild game meat so we don't have to eat bugs. She's a hunter. She herself will bring deer steaks and Appenzeller schnapps for all the knights and dames at the round table. Oh, good. Well, I'll, I'll put it out there and I'll make sure everyone sees it. Uh, finally, I'd like some bus driver exam karma for myself. No jingles. You're truly Dick. Well, that's so nice of you, Dick. And here's your bus driver exam karma. You've got karma. Elisa Matson in Everett, Washington, 333.33. Please accept my donation at 333.33 on behalf of my husband, Greg. Matson, aka Meatloaf Chimp, <laughs> in celebration of her 25th wedding anniversary, needs some serious de douching. <laughs> and they never had a fight. De douched. If you used to make it another 25 years, your loving and oh so patient wife, Elisa. Oh, that says something. <laughs> She's patient, bro, but keep your timeline in mind. It's uh, obvious. Uh, David Nelson is in Bel Air, Texas, 333.33, a classic No Agenda executive producer donation amount. And he wants, uh, well, of course, he wants the, uh, oh, he wants the magic number, doesn't he? Yeah, magic number. Okay. Because 33 is the magic number. Uh, he wants a rubbleizer uh, donation in honor of his son, Jorgen's 33rd birthday on Friday. He's watching the, the decline and fall of Seattle up close. <laughs> Oh, yum. Yeah, send a boots on the ground report. Um, in the morning, gents, best regard from Baronet Sir David, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. 33, that's a magic number. Oh, yeah. It's the magic number. India, Tango, Mike, stand by. 33, 33, 33. Rubbleizer out. All right. Thank you very much, Rubbleizer. Sir, sorted out from Houston, Texas, 333 so is our last executive producer. And he says, from Sir, sorted out. Boom. You sure that the note didn't get cut off? <laughs> it might have been, but whatever the case is, he gets a double karma. <clears throat> yeah, because now I'm, I'm a little uh, gun shy, man. Uh, I don't know if, if, if it's formatting or if it's, I don't know what's going on. It definitely has to be sorted out. You've got. Double up. Pharma. Oh, pharma. You know, 
we got a fixed version of that because it does sound like she's saying pharma. Let's try this one. You've got karma. Better. First associate executive producer is Rita Harrington. Rita's in Sparks, Nevada, 288.88. Happy 34th, John Amiby. It's a belated happy uh, anniversary. Very nice. Thank you, John and Adam, for the best independent news analysis. You're welcome. This is a fact. Jonathan Grabo in Columbus, Ohio, 252.76. Onward with ATM, John and Adam. I hope this donation is rapidly depreciating Federal Reserve notes. Finds you well. (laughs) I'll read that again so it's correct. I hope this donation of rapidly depreciating Federal Reserve notes finds you well. It's actually a PayPal. My company makes and sells discrete personal trauma kits for the prepared citizen. Oh. And because everyone is going full MK Ultra in the harp induced you should have been reading this note. This is great. In the harp induced <laughs> Soros heat dome we call Arizona. Yes. Oh America. Uh Arizona is where the heat dome is. Business has been booming and I wanted to share the wealth. No agenda producers use code thirty three, the numerals, at checkout for a discount at immediate cash casualtycare.com slash shop. Huh. I wonder what's, go check that out. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Stay strapped, buy Bitcoin, carry a tourniquet. Is that, Crazy. You know, dynamite. These are Always cool. Always carry a tourniquet with you, just in case. Jobs and health cover for all those who stood up and said no. This is pretty interesting. Uh, Meanwhile, give him the jobs and health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll do that right now. Jobs. Very funny. Jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. Yes, I'm looking at immediate health, immediatecasualtycare.com. Uh, okay, and why is it discreet? What's well, the because of- because they have little holsters that are almost like a concealed carry holster for your firearm, except so it's on the inside of the waistband. With a clip, it's in fact it's exactly the exact same mechanism as a concealed carry gun holster, so it's discreet, you know. And if you lift up your shirt, the guy's got like a tourniquet, you know, <laughs> snake bite kit, all kinds of stuff. Is there a snake bite kit in there? <laughs> it looks like it, or this may be an EpiPen. Oh, God knows. Huh. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Well, everyone should have one then. I think so too. Remember. Stay strapped, buy Bitcoin, carry a tourniquet. That's, that's a bumper sticker, if I ever saw one. Uh, Sir, Sir Steve Banstra is in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, associate executive producership for him, not his first, 243.49. Happy anniversary to John and Mimi. Congrats on 34 years and congrats on a highly successful donation promotion. With so many 88.88s donated, it's understandable that one might be missed. <coughs> Sound of throat clearing. Did we miss Steve somehow? He says, my anniversary donation coupled with today's 243.79 elevates me to baronet status. So I'm also requesting that my title of Sir Bianadstra be changed to Sir BNA. Well, I thought it was a clever play on my last name and and my airport. (laughs) It has proven to be too difficult to pronounce. Thank you for your courage. Steve Banser in Nashville, TNA, a TN, Tennessee. Goat karma, please. Yes, we'll take care of it for you, Steve. Thank you. You've got karma. Back to Flower Mound, Texas, where Sir Otaku, the Duke of the Northeast, Texas, and the Red River Valley resides. Uh, $234.56, 23456. 
Can't wait for you to hear your deconstruction on the FBI raided Trump Mar-a-Lago home. What kind of diversion could this be for? <laughs> Did Paul Pelosi's DUI charges get dropped? Did Hunter Biden kill a hooker? <laughs> Did Killary off another campaign worker? Who knows? But I can't tell you if Trump gets a perp walk into prison. Mark my words, that will spark the next civil war. There it is. Civil, I myself, war. civil war. Civil war. Civil war. Civil war. I myself is trying to get by, just trying to get by as I'm ready for retirement so I can get some mac and cheese karma and a little girl, yay, Sir Taku. <laughs> yeah, of course, Sir Otaku. Cheese Mac and cheese. Shut up, slave. Oh, the little girl had more to say. Well, I think we, uh, I think we gave you the deconstruction, so you you can feel good about it. No perp walk coming. Sir Pate is in Amsterdam, or as my spreadsheet says, Amsterdam, uh, with a row That's of ducks. Says two 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 dot two two. Hey, gents, Sir Pate here for my celebration donation today. Happy birthday to me. Oh, nice. Uh, I like Amsterdam. I like Amsterdam too. Uh, so happy birthday to him and uh, and all the other producers in my protectorate and on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's part of his protectorate, uh, apparently. A jingle yeah. request: Sunday service, Mastodon. Oh, we uh, yeah, we have the Mastodon. Do I? See? Yes, we have the Mastodon. Uh, oh my God, that is amazing. Oh man, oh, man, there's a lot that I have to do here. Oh, that is amazing. Stay lit. Uh, Pete, oh, by the way, that's it, right? Yeah, Pete. Yeah, okay. We have a say lit, do we? Uh, lit is, uh, um, comes from podcasting 2.0. It's when you're doing the lie. It's actually an acronym for live item tag. So when you're live with podcasting 2.0, you're lit. Spread the word so everyone starts using it. Yeah, My children, it's <laughs> Sunday morning service. Yeah, but there's no agenda. I'm gonna get some Adam Curry. I'm gonna get a little John. What was somebody saying MasterCard? No. Faith and Basor in Moore, Oklahoma, of Row of Ducks, 222.22. Nice, nice. My husband hit me in the mouth right after he discovered the podcast through Adam's appearance on Joe Rogan. The timing could not have been better. It was right after all the COVID hysteria began. Yeah, it was a little. COVID history. It was, it was right, but it was right before it. It was right before the lockdowns. Your show is the perfect antidote to the insane freakout mode that most seem to be in. Thank you both for helping us see through the BS and stay more informed than ninety percent of the people we know. Yeah, you probably find it's more like ninety-five. <laughs> Our window cleaning business provided funding for this row of ducks donation. If any of the lovely listeners would like to get their windows clean, they can find us at www.windowscleaningplusokc.com. So she's in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyone in Oklahoma City, in particular, windowscleaningplusokc.com. If they mention. They listen to the greatest podcast in the universe. We'll hook them up with a no agenda discount. Oh. Please put me on the birthday list for August 11th. I'm turning 48. 
Can I get a karma to help our business grow? And the following jingles. Get vaccinated? No. I've got information, man. And thank you both for all you do. Get vaccinated? No. I've got information, man. New shit has come to life. You've got karma. Joshua Searcy. 21212. Nice. From Noonan, Georgia, and says, Good morning, comrades, which is actually written in Russian there as well, I think. Uh, jingles, Kamala, don't come. Joe Biden, whole load. Alex Jones growling. Do we have an Alex Jones growling? <coughs> I don't think we have a growl. I don't know. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, crazy. Uh, update on the religious accommodation I talked about in episode 1464. Oh, it's, it's your show, I guess. <laughs> Hey, you know, I was uh, on my on the episode fourteen sixty four of my podcast, and I was telling you about my religious accommodation. Still, no response. The deadline was June thirtieth. It's been submitted for over a year. The military is infamous for taking its time with any type of paperwork that doesn't include a general getting an award. Yeah, no kidding. Or, <laughs> or it may have to do with the dilemma, and the DOD has with potentially having to separate sixty thousand National Guardsmen for not accepting the vaccine into their lives. Not to mention, the army alone is going to miss recruiting by thirty thousand this year. When will these gremlins realize that this is an absolute travesty committed against service members? Well, that's what those long clips were about this morning, and, and that's what that was the intent. What's even better is the extremism training they send out, which pretty much throws 90% of soldiers into the domestic violent extremist category or whatever other dumb category they've made up. Really? 90%? I don't know anything about this. Well, no, they're, they're doing witch hunts to make sure that there's no, uh, you know, white supremacist extremist Trump lovers in the military. You know, it's got to be all LGBTQ. You know, I know that part, but I don't know about any extremist test. Well, it doesn't say. No, it's the training. Extremist oh, I don't know training. of any extremist training. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It's like this is what you need to look for if one, uh, if you know, if one of your buddies has Betsy a Betsy Ross flag. If yeah, if anyone, if anyone has a Betsy Ross flag, report him to the authorities immediately. Report him to your uh, your your senior officer. Maybe November will provide some relief for service members to get rid of some of these goblins in D.C. Thank you for all you do. Love is lit, and stay safe. Stay safe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't count on it, honestly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can uh, count on any politician to hook you up, but uh, here's your jingles. Do not come. <laughs> I'm going to give you the whole load today. You've got... We did have... Karma. We did have... Well, it definitely tells a story. Kind of yes. gruesome. Yes, very gruesome. Helen Brand wouldn't do anything like that. She's in Placerville, California, $200.33, and she's got a jingle request. She wants the rubbalizer. Can you believe this? Mm-hmm. Uh, also uh, lost the satellite feed. Yeah, I got it. Sup, dudes. <laughs> Sup. She's uh, from, from the... Uh, She's from the hood. hood. She's from the hood. <laughs> it's dad 64, uh, 46 on a show day. We couldn't figure out what to give him. So we're treat. this is a good idea, by the way. Yeah. So we're treating him to something different. We need to make sure he's sitting down for this one. Would you like him to ask him to take a seat, please? Please take a seat, dad. Right, take a seat, dad. Sit down. Sit your ass down. Oh, is, is it a stripper? Is it a stripper? Is a stripper walking in right now as we speak into the room? Lap dancer. Here she comes. Raven. Henceforth, he shall be known as Sir uh, Sir Tabria. 
of the Class G airspace, as in aerobatic American champion uh, Citabria. Citabria. Class G aerospace of the West Coast state shall be his protectorate. Nice. He'll have German chocolate cake and his golden drac at the round table. I don't know. He's on the list. Oh, he better be. Uh, it's not in blue, is it? Let me no, but that's that means nothing. Let me see. Uh, it means something to me. No, it means comp- absolutely nothing. Uh, no. Knights and dames. Uh, hmm. I don't think so. Once I don't, I don't think so. I'll yeah. finish the. I'll yeah. finish the read. Yeah, this is a very. He'll uh, have German chocolate cake and golden drac d r a a k at the round table to the. Awesome dad. To the most awesome dad in the universe, happy knighthood. We love you a ton. Human resource one and two plus mom. Mr. Uh, Dvorak and Mr. Curry, keep on keeping it real. Okay. So do we have his first name? Because he's just Papa Brand, I guess, would be uh, would be appropriate. Well, you could also say uh, Helen's father. Okay, okay. Helen Brands. I don't see, I don't know why he didn't make the list. This isn't, this is a Travis. I don't know, but I'm putting it on my, yes, my yeah. So he will be list. <laughs> You're, <laughs> I was unaware that we have an incident list, and I would immediately, I, I would immediately like to know how to uh, obtain the proper TPS form. You have to work. It's in the it's in the book. This is very exciting. Anyway. This is very exciting. Okay, so uh, Rubbleizer lost satellite feed, and we'll throw in some car now. India, Tango, Mike, stand by. Thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-three. Rubbleizer out. Oh no! Obviously, we just lost the satellite feed. That sucks. You've got karma. It's the- Never ceases to amaze me. People remember that stuff. I didn't remember that one. I didn't remember it either. Um, I have. Oh, what is this now? Now I have Adri Hrapovich. Adi Hrapovich from München. Yeah. Now, how can this be? I have here. $200, switcheroo, please credit this donation to my sister, Yasmina. That's what, that was the one that I read before, of the note that was missing. Oh. So somehow. Oh, somehow this got transposed to that other one. Oh, goodness. This is, this is a nightmare. So Mike Well, goes, I guess we're going to have to go back to that other one. I'm going to have to yeah, we're gonna cut have to- and paste that whole thing, and then we'll have to read it. <laughs> okay, a reminder that we go back and cut and paste that whole thing and then read it. Now, maybe the next episode would be the, the way to fix it. Anyway, Adi Hrapovich. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, the don't do that switcheroo and do this one. Yeah, so no, this one, this is going to be good. So this will be Yasmina, uh, and it's her belated birthday. Okay. Wow, we really screwed up Mike, didn't we? Sorry, Mike. We'll make, we'll make you whole on the back end, brother, I promise you. Dodd Vickers is last on our list of associate executive producers at $200 from Cumming, Cumming Georgia, 200 And he writes, as a listener since the first episode, really? 
Yes, and a producer yes, via he both is. Th- yes, he is. I know exactly who Dodd Vickers is. Absolutely. Wow. Well, let's just, hmm. let's give him an honorary something. As a listener, since the first episode, a producer via both donations and action over the years, I'm the guy who helped Adam. Oh, that's why he knows you. Uh, I am the guy who helped Adam get a ham radio kit from ICOM when he <laughs> needed to move back to Amsterdam for a time. Remember, we were there for six six weeks or some shit like that. Was stuck yeah, in you had your Amsterdam. ICOM kit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like sure. to request that you two help me promote my amazing wife Taylor. Photo of her and Jordan attached. I didn't see it. Yeah, I did. How did you get it? She has been nominated for the Atlanta Best Self Magazine. 2022 for over over 40 and fabulous for her work on various charities and for just being an amazing human being her primary focus in this area has been on autism since our son now 28 years old was diagnosed she has been an unstoppable force in getting him any and all help that he has needed all without the help of insurance which does not cover autism therapies in any case Please ask the other producers in the No Agenda family to show their support by voting for her at bit.ly, which is a forwarding system, slash Agenda Taylor. bit.ly slash Agenda Taylor. You can vote daily. Load the ballot box, people, just like the Democrats. And the campaign runs through August 19th. Thank you, and thanks for the invaluable work that you do. (laughs) Ah, okay. Now, what I have is I have somehow been able to retrieve Mike Bledsoe's email for his donation, so we can save the day. How about that? Good work. Yes, I thought you'd be pleased. Oh, wait, let's give them a, a karma for, for her winning that award. Of course, a big uh, big service goat. You You've bet. got <laughs> karma. Okay. Now, let me see. Mike Bledsoe. Here we go. Uh, he says, and this is, uh, how much did he uh, donate? He donated $400. If I could only have gotten my brother to listen to the show before January 6th, he may, he may not have joined the mob that got duped. <laughs> oh. Holy crap. I read I'm, this note. This is a good note. It's a long, ridiculous <coughs> notice over 400 words. It's a, I have to say this, this is a valuable notice. This Very is good. content. This is content. It's not just a valuable donation. It's a valuable con- content contribution. It happens. So I'll start over. If only I had gotten my brother to listen to the show before January 6th, he may not have joined the mob that got duped. He's a smart and passionate guy, but tends to have poor judgment, and that's what had him walk through the doors of the Capitol building as he recorded himself and immediately posted it online. (laughs) (laughs) Within days, he was doxxed by a bunch of lefties, which caused him to flee his house with his wife and two daughters. There were endless threats called into his business. He has a moving company. People posted pictures of his home online and left nasty comments. Who needs the Department of Justice when you have your neighbors? After a few days of hiding out at a farm nearby, he returned home only to have the FBI kick his door in and haul him in for questioning. He returned home with an ankle bracelet and weekly court hearings for the next 18 months. Many others were brought in, agreed to plea deals for reduced charges. He refused and is committing to standing for the truth. He knows the justice system is anything but just, and still he stands firmly. A few weeks ago, he went to court in D.C. right alongside the hearings for Bannon. They found him guilty of one felony obstruction for an official proceeding and four misdemeanors. 
Sentencing is set for the beginning of October. I won't comment on how much time he'll be facing, but we do have a strong case to appeal. From what I understand, the jury was anything but impartial that, among some of other things, gives us a chance to make sure he remains free. Oh, that's interesting. You would think that the D.C. jury would be uh, very partial. Uh, As you can imagine, uh, he's racked up quite the legal fees and has more to come as we battle this corrupt system. He is also the breadwinner in his home and has a wife and two daughters that will need supporting through all of this. With this in mind, we created a Give, Send, Go donation that uh, drive to help him and his family through this trying time. If you'd like more information, want to donate to this patriot, his family, go to freemattbledsoe.com. freemattbledsoe.com. Keep up the good work, John Adam. Thank you for helping my fiance and I keep a level head during these trying times. You truly are doing the Lord's work. And please give my fiance and I a jobs karma. We just launched a new real estate business together. Love is lit. Mike Bledsoe, Austin, Texas. You got it, brother. Glad we found that note. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Karma. All right, that looks like our group of executive and associate executive producers for show uh, 1470, what is it? 1476, 1476, 1776, only in 14s. <laughs> uh, I want to thank each and every one of them for making this happen. Uh, and in the future, can we keep the notes a little shorter? Yes. And you have long stories like uh, Bledsoe's note. You can put that in an email, we'll read it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's all about the value you place on your donation note and the value for other producers who are listening. But I think it turned out okay. It was a funny note. It was good notes today. We had a good argument over a dumb note Except for the squirrel. Except <laughs> the squirrel thing was out of control. If you'd like to become an executive or associate executive producer of the No Agenda Show, which are real credits, these are credits that are recognized in the industry. And I'm not talking about the podcast industry. I'm talking about broadcast, baby, big time, IMDB. You'll see it all over the place. Go here to find out more. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Thank you again for your time, talent, and treasure for episode 1476 of No Agenda. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. I've got some. Uh, what you got, baby? What you some, got going on? Some TikTok action. I only have one clip, though. <laughs> TikTok action. All right. This is John C. Dvorak's never ending quest into understanding pronouns and LGBTQ. Yeah, exactly. And this is a, a teacher who has a, a willing student standing next to her who just agrees with everything she says. And you can just see that people got to realize that these teachers uh, are very influential on little impressionable youth. Yes, they are. So my students call me. Why did you whisper it so quietly? <laughs> she got shy. It's Mix Miller is what they call me. Though I'll say, I had a teenager call me Mr. Luke the other day, and I kind of loved it. What do you think about Mr. Luke? Yeah. You like that one? Okay, yeah. I might switch it up to Mr. Luke at some point, but for right now... Some non-binary, we've been going Mix Miller, and the kids have been getting it pretty well. Has it been hard? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little hard, but they're working on it, because they love me, right? Yeah. Oh, so much wrong with this lady. 
<laughs> she's a lady, right? She's a woman. She's a female teacher. I'm just presuming. Yeah, I mean, she's female by by the eyeball test, and she's got the no, the requisite nose rings and the weird hair that's dyed blue. <laughs> you have real problems with. You do. I have problems with what? You don't blue like hair? You, yeah, you don't like the rings and the, the piercings and the blue hair. It's a combo. I don't think you like the combo. I probably don't, but no. why should I? Well, so I've, I've been, you know, we've been talking about this. And uh, from the teachers who have written in, we have so many educators. They all say, yeah, um, this is, uh, there's two things going on here. One, now not all teachers have a teacher's union. Like in Texas, they don't have a teacher's union. Um. But the teachers' unions have made teachers feel like they're invincible. And it's literally a feeling of righteousness that they are doing this. It's a very activist stance. Very activist. Yeah. But me- yeah, I see that. But just like the dead bodies in the medical field, teachers are like, oh, I'm just not, not going to make any waves. I'm just going to shut up. I'm just going to let it go. You know, so there's nothing. Well, it's the same with climate change is the same phenomenon. Oh, brother. You had to bring it up, didn't you? Climate change. It's all, it's, it's out of control. The shit that's going on Well, you want to say anything more about these teachers? No, I don't have anything left to say. Oh, well, I do have a something at least. You said you had only one clip and we played it. And then what else do you want to say? I have something printed out. (laughs) Okay. I don't have a clip of this. Washington schools intentionally and dangerously lie to parents about their child's identity. Jeez. Educators are going much further than teaching gender identity to kindergartners. They're actively withholding information from parents about us. This is, by the way, uh, on WTTH radio. Uh About parents' purported gender identity. This (laughs) isn't merely dangerous as keeping families apart. Schools in Washington are either adopting or implementing policies that keep parents in the dark. Educators and administrators have not revealed gender identity different different than names a student may adopt and even mental health concerns that could help parents connect their child with objective mental health experts. In some cases, they're ignoring direct instructions from the parents. An updated policy in the Puyallup School District is in Washington State instructs staff to have a secret meeting with students it believes to be transgender. A North Shore district school keeps detailed records on students informing teachers what pronouns or names to use when talking to their child's parents. In Bellingham, the superintendent endorses a worksheet teachers use to ask questions of the student. It goes on, and it turns out to be an area-wide uh, policy that's been created by one of the district, the bigger overall districts. And I had to say... And the policy comes from the Washington State School Directors Association. And what they're doing is they're trying to keep everything the kid says. We're talking about kindergartners, first mm-hmm. graders. Uh, to <laughs> Seven, six-year-olds, six-year-olds, five-year-olds. Yeah, they have to keep it as, they get the kids to keep it a secret. You keep it a secret. You keep it as, this is what pedophiles do. Keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. We're all going to get in trouble if you tell anybody you know, what we're doing here, me and the, you know, this, this is what pedophiles do. These people are, you're talking, they're taking groomers off the table. That's for sure. You don't have to hear that anymore because it's gotten beaten back by the left, but this is bullshit. No, now it's map. They're introducing this slowly map. You've heard of map. Yeah, I have actually. I don't know the minor, minor attracted persons. Oh no, that's, (laughs) did you get that clip? I did. I didn't, I didn't make the clip. I didn't, I didn't make it. I was like, oh, 
because I you oh, know, there's I, a there's a TikTok. Uh, I know, clip. I know. Well, I can find it for you right now. Map lady, but yeah, map minor. But that that seems to be a parallel movement. But it's all part of the same thing. This is pedophile teachers and pedophile school districts that have your kids and they're having them keep secrets from the parents. You can't do that. I'm not sending my kid to keep secrets with some adult. I would I would say more accurate is I mean yes pedophiles I would just say abusers in general use the keep it a secret thing it's abusive it's abusive it's abusers do that whether they're pedophiles or not abusers of children all right do well they're that. abusers it's child abuse that of first clip is. that you played of course it is if you notice the title of it it's child abuse yeah to get the kid to say yes to everything you love me don't you yes do you this yes you think I should be Mr Jones yes. That's how they. Uh, that's how they got the kids in Virginia in the 1940s to agree to uh, uh, being um, sterilized. Yeah, it doesn't take much for a kid. Little kids, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't take. You play with this doll. Hey, do you mind if we do this? No, it's fine. Do you love me? Yes. That's the that's the creepy part. You love me, don't <laughs> you? You love me. Whoa. Stay away yeah, from that my was, kid. That's the creepiest part of that. That's that clip. very creepy. Uh, I don't have anything on that, but I do have more infighting or fighting in general with a new term. Um. So, and this is actually something that uh, that happens a lot. I mean, the the term the, the term in the popular term is fag hag. But um, there is a, uh, you remember Provincetown? It's in Massachusetts, it's in uh, New England. And that's, and that's where, that's where the first um, vaccinated party uh, and it was gay guys who, you know, they, Provincetown is kind of their, their gay town and they were partying and everyone got breakthrough COVID. I mean, that was a big news story. Oh my God. Everybody got breakthrough COVID. The vaccine doesn't work. That was Provincetown. So Provincetown is one of these really kind of gay places. And what's happening is bachelorettes are deciding P-Town is the great place to go have their bachelorette party. Because, you know, we can hang out with all the gay guys. Woo! So much fun! And the gay guys are putting their foot down now. And they call it heterification. (laughs) (laughs) Heterification. I mean, come on. I think we're a part of that too. We're a part of heterification. Yeah, we might. Uh, anyway, I'll read. We want to read another story. There's more. A former director. No, this has got nothing to do. I think we're over the the, the thing about the schools. I, I I keep revisiting it, so it's not going to go away. A former director of the Israeli Institute for Biological Research this is based on the fact you talked about Provincetown. Uh, Shapira has been banned from Twitter for exposing the connection between the MRA mRNA vaccinations and the most recent numbers of monkeypox. What, Ro? He's got the, all the data and the documentation. He's a famous yeah, guy. This is what I told you on the last show, that the guy's been censored. Because he, he we literally talked about it for like two seconds. That he says, well, hey, there's a correlation. And you know what the correlation? The correlation is another 70s throwback. I had this thought. So I think... You and I kind of agree, at least at face value, it seems like people who have had two jabs, double boosted, they have a, a high likelihood their immune system is blown out and is not functioning. And if you then, you know, then you're engaged in all kinds of sex and have 10 partners in a weekend, it's possible that you become very susceptible to stuff. So monkeypox yeah. 
You could, I mean, yeah, they say you get it from other people, but whatever, who knows? But what is happening is we're going to have a whole generation of boys in the plastic bubble. Remember that movie? Yeah. That's funny. 1970s. Yeah. The boy in the plastic bubble with John Travolta. Everyone's going to have to be walking around in a bubble. Oh, don't breathe. Masked up. Masked up with a bubble over your head. Hey, don't breathe on me. I'm weak. (laughs) Yeah, sick. It is. It's sad. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't so sick. It would be sad. So Texas Slim stayed overnight last night here at the uh, the Hill Country Compound, and uh, you know he he basically doesn't have a home. He just he just driving around the country telling people that you need to eat animal protein, and he's warning everybody, uh, which I think is correct. And hey, who's uh, the guy who said as the beef? That's Texas Slim. Oh, well, say hi to him. <laughs> he left, but yes, I will. Have you had the, Have you had it yet? Yes, it's outstanding product. Yeah, that's the KNC cattle um, right. in in Austin. Did you have a ribeye? No, not oh, yet. I'm oh my god, because I, I, you know, when when Texas Slim comes to dinner, I had picked out I picked out a Flintstone size ribeye. Man, that thing was unbelievable how big it was, like a pound, one point two or something. Anyway, so um, so you know, I learn a lot and uh, and just about how poor our food situation is, uh, and and it really comes down to the processing. He says it's it's lost, it's a lost cause. The retooling has started. Um, yeah. The food processors are going full on bugs. Uh, cricket flour will be the way it sneaks in. It's animal. It's a plant protein, and so and they're moving us away from animals, and it's all being yeah. done under. Under the guise yeah, of so climate So we just change. leave the grazing lands completely empty so they catch on fire all the time because that's what happens when there's no grazing animals eating all that grass. So it's in California in particular, so now the fields will be just fallow and dead with tall grass because it will rain. And then it'll catch on fire and you can blame that on global warming. Uh, it's even worse than that, honestly. Uh, here's uh, two clips that I have. This is on CBS. This is about the environmental impact of food and how that is going to be rated so that we can uh, guilt you and, uh, and penalize you for your carbon footprint. My talk on the table is a new study of rating the environmental impact of 57,000 foods. British scientists. I don't know. <laughs> I want to know. How the foods impact oh, greenhouse brother. gas emissions, land use, and water by using these impact scores. The foods rated the worst on the list were beef and lamb, yeah. nuts and dried fruit, and coffee for all what? you coffee drinkers. I know that's not good news. Plant-based meat alternatives did better. Um, and on the flip side, squash, fizzy drinks like colas and sports energy drinks, um, they were found to be least harmful to the environment. Oh my so God. just keep in mind while you're eating, I know we're talking a lot of food on the show today, but I, I want you to keep in mind, Tony, while you're making all of those fancy pizzas. I'm keeping in mind toppings. how it tastes, what it's doing to my body. I mean, <laughs> oh, trying to, to incorporate what, what it's doing to the earth at the same time is a lot of incorporating. Man squash versus pizza. food over here. It's a lot. Squash pizza, you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I right. love it. I love Beef is Where the worst. Where did you get this clip? CBS This Morning. Oh, these people. Oh, shameless. <laughs> I love like energy drinks. They're the best. Oh, yeah. Chemicals yeah. and sugar. I'm uh-huh. reminded of the movie Idiocracy, <laughs> where they kept feeding the plants energy drinks with electrolytes and it killed mm. off the planet. Yeah, well, that's right. The Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. Gatorade. How come the Gatorade is not working on the plants? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but, you know, it's so sad. We just, you know, we're just shooting the shit. We're just talking back and forth. And then when you come to realize, because Tina took a trip recently. There's two things she noticed on the trip. I should have mentioned this as an aside. The TSA no longer asked for your boarding pass. Are you aware of this change? No, but I've heard about it. Yeah, so they just uh, get your license, they throw it in their little box, and and you're good to go. Which is interesting, because does that mean that you can just show up without a ticket and get in and just go say goodbye to someone? No, it probably matches up somewhere. Well, that's what I'd like to know. Now, the second thing... Oh, it absolutely matches up someplace. I wonder if the passport... That, works, that's got to be that's got to be the real ID stuff. That's what it's because be. the passport oh may not be connected to the domestic tickets, right? Okay, and it's legally you can use the passport to get yes. on any flight. Ooh, okay. Well, it needs to be tried. somebody needs to test this. Yeah, someone does. So the other thing she said, she says it's unbelievable how many obese people are at the airport standing in line to get some greasy piece of shit or some you know like a. A cinnamon bun that's just dripping with oh, goo. God. I mean, and the cinnamon buns are the worst. That's got to be like a, a week's worth of calories. And then she says, you know, why, why do people do this? And, you know, Slim says, oh, no, you have to understand. This, these people are truly addicted. They have to eat every four hours. It has to be the sugary shit. Because that's what it is. It's all processed sugar. It's just, it ha- so they're addicted. It's, it's, and it's crazy. And then you hear this report. Oh, yeah, energy drinks. They're the best. Drink more of those. They're killing us, okay? They're killing us. Now, just so you understand what's coming, George Monbiot, who doesn't know him, I would say is he, uh, he's like the communist uh, for The Guardian. He's the communist for he's, The Guardian. Right. But he gets ink. He gets, he gets a lot of, he gets people. He's got, yeah, he's got, yeah, he gets a lot. Well, he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So George, helps. I'd say he's clued in. He's a part of the uh, of the globalist uh, system. Yeah, definitely. So definitely, he, definitely. He, he is going to tell us in exactly two minutes and four seconds what is coming. It's an issue you feel very strongly about. You've said that agriculture is arguably the most destructive industry on earth. Explain, and, and do you still believe that, George? It's by far and away the greatest cause of habitat destruction, the greatest cause of wildlife loss, the greatest cause of extinction, greatest cause of soil loss, greatest source of fresh water use. It's one of the greatest causes of climate breakdown, um, bigger than transport, um, one of the primary causes of water pollution and of air pollution. So it's right at the top. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say land use, the biggest issue of all. It's by far and away the greatest um, um, uh, form of land use that that humans um, inflict on the planet, which means all that land is land which can't be used for wild ecosystems. And while obviously we need farming, we need to minimise those impacts. We we need um, to act as drastically within that sector as any other sector to prevent the collapse of our life support systems. And what that <laughs> means, above all else, is getting out of livestock farming, is really shutting down animal farming altogether because that has massively disproportionate impacts on the living planet and we need to switch towards other sources of food plant-based diets which are far more efficient far lower environmental impacts but also switch out of farming altogether to produce protein rich foods which we can do through precision fermentation brewing microbes hey hey 
precision fermentation. We can create your burger with precision fermentation. You can hear farmers all over the small country of ours shocked and perhaps screaming at their televisions because they're saying, are you saying all animal farming, in, in, in your opinion, really needs to stop? Yes, it does. It really does. Um, it's yeah, a bit I like, like leaving fossil fuels in the ground. Unless we do that, we've really got very little chance indeed of preventing this domino effect of system collapse right across Earth okay. systems, which basically makes the planet uninhabitable. So eating meat and milk and eggs is an indulgence we cannot afford. See, this is exactly what was predicted. It'll be like caviar. It's Milk a- and eggs is an indulgence. Give me a break. Yep. Caviar is an indulgence and it's delicious. Yeah, but you know what? They're doing Milk and eggs is not an indulgence. John, they used to eat, they used to serve prisoners lobster. And they yeah, that, that story is dubious by the way. And and even so, it's kind of I think it's a, a story it's that story is used as an example of well, you know, before they knew it how, how delicious lobster was. And I, I'd like to see that documented. Okay, fine. My point is, this, it, these nut jobs, this is what they really truly believe. And he says, we need to stop eating animal protein, otherwise our vital survival systems will collapse. That's, that's collapsing one of the vital ones right there. Well, the scary part of these sorts of things to me is that this guy actually believes this. Totally, totally all in. Yeah, he's all in. Yeah, well, that's an aggravating clip. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Just trying to stay on top of the food intelligence for you. By the way, I do want to mention, I will be speaking at the Food Intelligence Conference in Georgia on September 17th. I will be discussing the value for value the new international lifestyle that you and I have developed right here. Tickets still available. Go to beefinitiative.com. Only 100 people or so can get in. So if you're in the Georgia area, then come, uh, come see me. All right. Uh, I'll be there if I'm in the Georgia area. Are you kidding me? Would you really come? If I was in the Georgia area. <laughs> it would be great to have you at a food conference. Yeah. It would. Oh, well, I can get you an invite. I'm not going to be in the Georgia area. Okay. <laughs> if you have an invite, so you might. <laughs> don't waste an invite. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's do, I, I do only do this once every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. What's wrong with these podcasts? Ah, no, it's okay. We do like this. Uh, so this is, what's wrong with podcasting? This is an podcasting, pos- I'm sorry, pod Pod podcasts advertising on podcasts, I think is questionable, but this is one of them. And I think it's, I, I don't know. I just think this is wrong for re- a lot of different reasons, but here we go. I know you're a fan of old Hollywood, but what about new Hollywood? This is Harvey Guillen, a.k.a. Guillermo de la Cruz, from What We Do in the Shadows. I'm just popping in here real quick to let you know that psst, we have a Shadows podcast. It's a place to discuss all things Shadows. Each week, I have a convo with a guest about the most recent episode. We get behind the scenes or behind the shadows, and you won't want to miss our conversations with people like Kristen Shaw, Fred Armisen, Mark Porsche, Trixie Mattel, the creative team, and many more. Tune in every Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts and search Behind the Shadows. And yes, little gizmos are welcome too. Bye!
Oh, painful. So, um, what podcast promotion? What what podcast did this run on as a promotion? Oh, good question. Now that you mention it, because it was one of the. I forgot, unfortunately. Not you mentioned, I forgot. Well, this is, but it was just one of the typical Apple podcasts. It was, you know, one of the. There's no such thing as an Apple podcast. There's no such thing as an Apple podcast. It doesn't exist. No, I mean the kind you'd find on Apple podcasts. (laughs) Oh, none of the good shit like Podcast Index. (laughs) No, no. Um, So this is a trend in podcasting. There's always been this, uh, which I think is a farce and a big mistake. There's always been this idea of discoverability. You got to grow your show. You got to grow your show by, by being discoverable. And so, and this has come around. I mean, we experimented with this at Pod Show. It comes around every couple of years, like, oh, let's do promos on other podcasts. And none of that, it nev- never really works. You know, this, these promos on other podcasts. It's, it's more like, uh, you know, you're going to hear from somebody. It's always word of mouth. It's not, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, did you go and listen to this podcast after you heard the promo? No, I, when I heard the promo, I definitely did not want to listen to it. <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> this shit just doesn't work. It's not a good idea. Yeah, well... Yeah. I've noticed that there's, if since you watch regular TV, ESPN, everyone has a podcast now. Every athlete has a podcast. We have yeah. a Golden State Warriors, at least two guys have podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys haven't got anything better to do than podcasts. And they, you know, some of the podcasts still, I'm still looking for the gems. Because, in fact, The View now has a podcast. Of course they do. And so I bet do. you there's some gems on that podcast that they would, because unfortunately, or fortunately for us, people who do podcasts think that, well, it's, you know, it's just us between, between us three people and a couple of <laughs> they listeners. Don't, they don't realize <laughs> the ridicule they will come under. Yeah, they're going to be getting it. So I'm going to be looking for that. I do, talking about The View, I do have a clip. This kind of goes back to the um, educational section, which is Anna Navarro uh, going nuts. Uh, and defending drag shows for kids. And then we're seeing what we're seeing in Florida. I can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. This is a state where we have a housing crisis. This is a state where we have an insurance crisis. This is a state where we have a climate crisis. And instead, Ron DeSantis is focusing to fo- uh, uh, focusing on drag queens. And so, listen. Yes, do I think a five-year-old should be in a drag show? No. But you know what? If you are for parental choice when it comes to your kid wearing a mask to school, if you are for parental choice when it comes to your kid learning about slavery and. Learning the true history of this country, then why in the hell can't you be about parental choice on whether you take your kid to a drag show or not? Well, that's true. This is, you know, you're cherry-picking this. Yes. I, I, listen, oh, yes. I, I looked at, yes. the, at, the, at the top causes of uh, endangerment for children, of children's death. It's firearms. It's car accidents. You know, all it's the, drowning. Right it right is not that. drag queen. You're I'm right yet that. to see a kid who <laughs> dies from being in <laughs> All of that is true. Uh, we are, we're living in idiocracy. These, this is, it, these it, things it are is, unbelievable. It's true. It's really so crazy. You could have swapped that out for pornography. Why can't you just take your little five-year-old to a porn movie? Well, no, you, I mean, have you seen what's it's, in it's, the, it's a parental choice? Have you seen what's in the libraries at schools? You mean the library? That's, what did I say? Libraries. Uh, uh, no, I have not been to a school library. 
well, but library it's, for it's, some time. It's one of the big conversation topics. The parents yeah, will so get up and drag. No, books. parents will get up and and read from. And these are all sex <laughs> sex books. You're right. It's porn. You're right. Yeah, you're and then right, they get right. they get told, "Oh, you can't do that because we can't broadcast it on cable. That would be against FCC regulations." <laughs> it's, it's yeah, very common. Yeah, it's like there's that. a million clips about that. It's yes. Um. So see. what else you got? I'm well, done. I, I, well, you can't be done. We have uh, we have lots more to go. How about Ukraine? There's uh, there was something new. Well, I, I was, was hoping to get a good Ukraine clip, and I didn't get. One. Well, I got something that was surprising. The U.S. has announced its single biggest commitment to Ukraine since the beginning well, of the war. Surprising. It is sending one billion dollars in new military aid plus another economic package of four point five billion. That brings the total U.S. assistance so far to eighteen billion dollars. <laughs> So that's surprising. Isn't that cool? I wonder when they send this stuff over there, who they, if they put an earmark, say, okay, we're sending you these missiles. Can you make sure they get the, make sure they get to the Saudis? Can you make sure they get to the, uh, the Congo? Can you make sure that they get to Sudan? Right. Because right. you know, there's just a transit point. Um, hey, this is really interesting. So I, w- I wanted to, because uh, something happened with that arming Ukraine documentary that uh that cbs played you remember that i'll play you the clip again this is we played it on the last show cbs did a, a whole hour long almost documentary about this military aid not showing up in ukraine in the past two months we've moved weapons and equipment to ukraine at record speed drones grenade launchers machine guns we're seeing this incredible historic flow of weapons coming into Ukraine. Do we have any sense as to where they're going? We don't know. There is really no information as to where they're going uh, at all. You know, all this stuff goes through the border, and they're kind of like something happens. It kind of like you. Thirty percent, maybe we just it's find destination. Thirty percent. Are you concerned about weapons getting in the wrong hands? I don't care at all whether that happens. What sort of a unit? Do you command? Can't say. Okay. You know, there are like power lords, uh, oligarchs, uh, political players. One of the biggest targets are convoys like this transporting weapons. Europeans had come to believe that that project of integration had effectively meant the banishment of armed force. All of a sudden, not far from the borders of the EU, was the most significant war since World War II. Arming Ukraine. Okay. Well, I think um, the uh, CIA was too busy uh, working the Trump FBI case, and this one slipped through. The the Central Intelligence Broadcast Systems, one hand was not talking to the other, because uh, this uh, documentary was pulled offline. They took it down, and they left a well, note. That's interesting. They left a note. Uh, this article, which included the... This, Do we uh, have a special. copy of it? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm reading it right now. It's it's I'd no a copy it. of the documentary. Oh no, I don't. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody's got to download it. This article has been updated to reflect changes since CBS reports documentary arming Ukraine was filmed, and the documentary is also being updated. <laughs> John Oman says the delivery has significantly improved since filming with CBS in late April. The government uh-huh. of Ukraine notes that U.S. defense attaché Brigadier General Garrick M. Harmon arrived in Kiev. In August 22, for arms control and monitoring. So it's all good now. We're taking care of it. Don't worry about it. We'll be back soon with the re, I mean, 
What point? What point is it to, I mean, arming Ukraine? So now we know it's the, they're going to put it back up. It'll be 55 minutes of, it's great. Yeah, man, look at this weapon I got. Thanks. It, it arrived. Nothing to see here. But here's what I said, oh, wow, about. So I was looking for this clip, the arming Ukraine, and in my search pops up another clip from 2015, from February 2015, called Arming Ukraine. Uh, Shall we have a listen just to see what it was back then? This is. Uh, I'm sure it was a pretty much what's going on now, but let's find out. Seven years ago. Signature American Humvees, along with radars that can detect enemy artillery and rocket fire as well. And calls from Kiev and Washington to start shipping. Oh, notice they said Kiev back then. Oops. Well, they're growing louder. Among those options, obviously, is the possibility of providing defensive carry defensive uh, assistance to uh, Ukraine. I don't have the slightest doubt about the weapon supply to Ukraine from the United States and our other partners. So we will continue to provide Ukraine with security assistance. Biden. Frankly speaking, we would be happy to get more, including defensive weapon, lethal weapon, and so on and so forth. However, European politicians are not so keen to provide weapons to Ukraine. The UK is not going to help Kiev with lethal military assistance. Oh. France is planning to do the same. Sending weapons to one side of the conflict doesn't seem a very consistent step. This is a reaction from Brussels. The German defence minister says there are already too many weapons in Ukraine. <laughs> She's supported by her Italian colleague. And German Chancellor firmly declares that Berlin will not support Ukraine with weapons. However, the U.S. is blaming Angela Merkel for a wrong decision. Here's the problem I have with the chancellor's position. She can't see how arming Lindsay. people who are willing Lindsay to fight Graham. and die for their freedom makes things better. And to now turn our back on this struggling democracy, and that's exactly what you're doing, in my view, when you turn down a reasonable request to help defend oneself, is not our finest hour. Yeah. Are you catching on, people? Do you see this is just a rinse and repeat? Well, I'm going to give you a clip of the day for digging that old old dog up. <laughs> Thanks. It was magic. Clip of the day. Yeah, that's what happens. It's serendipity. That's where the show works so well. It happens all the time. That was crazy. Um, Nothing has changed. Seven years, and, and except uh, uh, Lindy Hop, Lady G. Lady G's in the background. Remember, it was, it was Lady G and McCain, and they were bringing in the weapons, and it was and Joe Biden, and it's all the same people. And we, no one remembers that. Yeah, but we do remember our pocketbooks shrinking. <laughs> I have one, this is an off-topic clip. This you have to look up because it's from a couple weeks ago. It's called an Apple. I ran into an Apple native ad. On KCAL. On KCAL. Uh, tell me if you think there's a native ad or not. A Maine woman is recovering from surgery tonight, and she credits her Apple Watch for saving her life. KCAL Minds' Ken McLeod explains how. My life. Kim Durkee swears by it now, but she didn't believe her Apple Watch for the first couple of nights in late May when it woke her up warning that her heart was in atrial fibrillation. Then the third night, the numbers went a little too high for comfort. And I just went, you know what? Go to the emergency room. If they tell you it's nothing to worry about, then toss the watch. 
Doctors in Maine soon confirmed that her heart was beating erratically for a simple and scary reason. She had a myxoma, a rare, fast-growing tumor that was choking off her heart's blood supply and would have eventually caused a stroke. Then they said... Well, how did you know you had AFib? And I said, because my watch told me. She had no other symptoms besides the AFib, but quickly made arrangements for a trip to Mass General, where she underwent surgery on June 27th, and doctors removed a four-centimeter tumor. I consider myself to be extremely lucky to be here and talking to you. The 67-year-old bought the watch to help monitor her exercise regimen and summon emergency help should she fall. She never dreamed the watch featuring Minnie Mouse would help diagnose a deadly tumor. Ken McLeod, Boston. Okay. Wow. What a story. It is a great story, isn't it? Yeah, great story. Wow. About those it's great. That's pretty good. Life. But you're talking wow. about this is a great uh, kind of a story for Apple, and yeah. hopefully she gets a new watch for that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no or something. Kidding. My yeah. God. If not, uh, they'll definitely sell more, right? <laughs> yeah, Potentially. No okay. So, yes, ad. I'll explain why. But it was not an ad that was paid for per se. This is a producer who wants to make sure the producer has access to Apple information insider. It's a typical technology journalism and the giveaway that it's uh, that it's been placed is just like if if it's about Taco Bell's new uh, taco burger or whatever the hell they're no, doing the Mexican pizza the Mexican pizza there's always an after the package discussion that's yeah, the hallmark that's the hallmark and typically they'll have like the beef on the table I doubt that they, did, was anyone wearing an Apple Watch. Was anyone wearing an Apple I don't Watch? Remember for this? that, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes you see it's on the table. Yeah, so the product yes. is on the table of the newscast. Yeah, yeah, that's it. From the same people who tell you you got to stop eating cows and and keep drinking more energy drinks. Yeah, this sounds perfectly safe. Not like our value for value model. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Well, we have a few uh, dozen people to thank for a show. 1476, 1476. And it begins with David Hutchinson in Olympia, Washington. Uh, 13333, followed by Lydia Terry Dominelli in Rochester, New Hampshire, with 13333. Hmm. Dame Beth Borazan in Tucson, Arizona, 12345. Caleb Michelson in Huntsville, Alabama, 100. Jennifer Blazer in Flossmoor, Illinois, 100. Uh, Dan During in Eolia, Missouri, has a birthday, 90. Sir Tommy Hawk of the Heartland in Iowa City, uh, 888A says happy anniversary. These are all, oh, just do the 888. Yeah. We have a lot of those still. For sure. We'll do them one after the other. Uh, uh, Tommy, Tommy, or Timothy John in Omaha, Nebraska. Sir Upper Decker in Temecula, California. Goodness, he's been around. Uh, Shelly Siegel Segal in Apache Junction, Arizona. Uh, 8888. Dame Jen of the Free Republic of England. She was worried about her donation getting lost. Oh. She's in Hertfordshire, UK. Uh, Rita Harrington in Sparks, Nevada. Jason Shepard in Superior, Colorado. Mark Milliman in Longmont, Colorado. Servisa 
Cerveza. This is a good one. Cerveza, cerveza of the or cerveza. Cerveza. Yeah. cerveza of the backside of Pikes Peak in Florissant, Colorado. Kyle uh, Perelka in Piscataway, New Jersey. Uh, Ian Wilson in Ann Pryor, Ontario, and he wants to credit his amazing wife, Jolene, and deduce her. You've been deduced. Hell's karma for everybody following at the end. Noah Wattenmacher in Three Rivers, California, 8888. Maxwell Reeves in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Daniel Woodleaf in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Sir Craig Porter, the Ronin, uh, N7FSN73s in Carlsbad, California. Um... Sir Camera, Sir, Sir Camera Chris in Grafton, Wisconsin. Uh, he's got a birthday. Sir Camera Chris is up again. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We were off the 8888s. The list is over. Sir Camera Chris came in with 8837. And then he comes in with 8537. He's in Grafton. And he says, I'm an idiot. You can see from my donation above, I wasn't thinking about numerology. So it's your gain. It's like eight eights eights COVID eight, but eight five to three seven is a better donation. Uh, uh. Nineteen eighty five was the year I was born. Thirty seven is my new age. Okay, so okay. I guess that's works. All righty then. <laughs> Sir Polly Bravo gives us a boob donation from Greeley, Colorado. Eight zero zero eight. Shannon Winchester, happy birthday to David. Eight zero zero eight. Sir Kevin McLaughlin. Whoa. Duke of Luna, America of lover of boobs. Yeah. Whoa. Once again, 8008. Scott McEntee, 60 bucks, and Encetis drops right off. Yeah. Encetis, California. Mike Sisk, 50-50. Uh, Baron Sir Economic Hitman in Tomball, Texas, wherever that is, uh, uh, is 5001. Now we got David Schwin. These are all $50 donors now. There's just not that many. But we start with David Schwendinger in Woodbridge, Virginia. Margarita Edenhood in Orangevale, California. Jonathan Ferris in Liberal, Kansas. Philip Kim in San Francisco. Jim Andrianakos in Glenview, Illinois. Gavin McGoldrick in San Francisco. Christopher, they're finally hearing about the show. Yeah. Christopher Rivera in Nederland, Colorado. Greg Firak in Chicago. Richard Grabowski in Lynchburg, North Carolina. Last but not least, uh, Sir Jason Deluzio in Miami Beach, Florida. I want to thank these folks for making this show a possibility and keeping up the uh, keeping up the pace so we can keep doing this thing. Value for value. That's how it works. Uh, if you are still listening to this podcast, you clearly found some value in it. What is that value? Can you return it to us? Uh, what is valuable to you? That's our international lifestyle. That's how we've been living for almost 15 years. It's up and down, but it's very rewarding to get true value back that you mean that way is value. If you'd like to learn more about that, we have a cool little website you can go to and learn all about donations to the No Agenda Show. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Uh, make good note for a note that was lost on the previous episode from Carl Bevan. And Carl came in yeah. with big numbers, so we want to read this. Big Long Longtime listener and subscriber here had been overboard for a little while due to relationship dramas, but is back again. Uh, 
Why do you listen to those guys? You know, I'm just that's the drama. I I wonder if it, yeah, it might be. It might be. Um. Now that my life is mostly back on track, I checked my PayPal payments and discovered to my great happiness, my giving level has reached $3,000. I was overboard for a while, but I didn't think it was that long. Anyway, what better way to start my new life by claiming my knighthood and bestowing a knighthood to my two closest mates? Ah, this is what happened. Uh, so he took his 3000 and he split it up into three ways and brought his closest mates. They've been with me through all the ups and downs, and I want to thank them for all their support over the years. I wish to be dubbed Sir Carl of the Gully. Am I too Why med- are you hanging out with those guys? Are you gay? <laughs> I'm just doing my Amber Heard impressions. <laughs> I like him. Uh, they've been with me through all the ups and downs, and I want to thank them for all their support over the years. I wish to be dubbed Sir Carl of the Gully, and my two legendary mates will henceforth be known as Dame Jew, Jews, 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 as in Jews d'Orange, and Sir Bioblob. Jus d'Orange. Jus d'Orange. Yeah. We've decided we like some Japanese whiskey and a resistance burger at the round table, and uh, we'll get that for you. Thank you both for all the years of fun and entertainment. I've very much benefited and gotten so much value and laughter from the show over the years. I'm looking forward to many more. Thank you very much from Carl. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate that. We've got uh, your BFFs, uh, your mates on uh, on the list for the round table, and we thank you and everybody else who supports the No Agenda show uh, for exactly that, your support. Uh, karma for all. Of the goat variety. You've got karma. And here is our full list. Adi Haprovich, happy birthday to his sister Yasmina, celebrated on the 2nd of August. Sir Camera Chris, 37 on the 10th. Faith Ann Bascor turns 48 today. Dan During turns 47 today. David Nelson's son Jorgen turns 33 tomorrow. Dweezil will be celebrating on the 14th. And Shannon Winchester says happy birthday to her husband David. And of course, we congratulate Sir Pate. Happy birthday for everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. Uh, no douchebaggery allowed here. We do have that nice upgrade from Sir Stephen Banstra, who becomes a baronet, and it just becomes uh, Sir uh, BNA. That was a lot easier, so we kept it that way. And thank you very much for your extra support, Sir Stephen. It is highly appreciated. Now, we have a couple of dames, and we got some knights ready to go for our round table. You, it looks like. You need the big blade. Here you go. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh! Careful now. Up here on the podium, please, Karen Dweezel, Carl Bevan, uh, Carl's BFF number one and BFF number two, and Helen Brand's dad. All of you are now welcome here at the No Agenda Roundtable, and I'm very proud to pronounce the Kate V as Dame Karen Huntress of the Swiss Pre-Alps, Sir Dweezus of Hazardous, Protector of Squirrels, Sir Carl of the Gully, Dame Juge, Sir Bioblob, and Sir Tawab, uh, 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 Tabra, Tabria of the Class G Airspace. That's right. Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys, and Chardonnay. I got some other things here for you. Yak Sliders and High West Midwinters Dram, Deer Steaks, and Appenzeller Schnapps, and German Chocolate uh, Cake, and the Golden Drach. And of course, if you'd like some mutton and mead, it's all here. Man, I ran out of time on that. It's some long names. Thank you all so much. 
for supporting the best podcast in the universe. And welcome to the roundtable, all of you. Uh, this, of course, is well-deserved. And we're happy to see all of you here. No agenda. One quick meetup report today from Victoria, BC. It's crazy how <laughs> so many people can meet up with no agenda. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hanali, and this is uh, the future surpeption of the doors at Smith's Pub in Victoria, BC. Uh, we just finished our meetup. Um, we forgot to do the report when uh, Brian and Sandy were here, but we'd like to thank them very much for uh, coming and uh, enjoying this meetup, even though nine people RSVP'd, only two showed up. Yeah, that RSVPing thing is kind of annoying when people don't show up. Show up, people, when you RSVP. It's French for be polite. Uh, here's what's coming up today. The Black Hat B-Side of DEFCON meetup, 7 o'clock in Vegas. You got to contact Sir Mike through the website, noagendameetups.com. Uh, on Saturday, Ben's and Bernadette's That Brunch, 10 o'clock at Chef Point Bar and Restaurant in Watauga, Texas. Also on Saturday, the No Agenda TMI Evac Zone meetup, 3.33 p.m., Lynn, uh, Lydian Stone Brewing in York Haven, PA, right there under the... Uh, right uh, under the... Uh, the evac zone of the uh, of the horrible uh, atomic plants. Uh, Oregon Local 33, they're getting together on Saturday. Sir Tan Lee's going away bash at 5 o'clock in Portland, Oregon. Uh, at Dick's Primal Burger, we have the Okanagan Oddballs meetup, 6 o'clock at Brick House Restaurant in Oroville, Washington. The Northwestern New Jersey meetup, 6.30 on Saturday at Shaky Jake's in Stanhope, New Jersey. Um, Tuesday, Divided and Conquered Meetup. Uh, oh, we're going way past Sunday. Okay. Uh, that's the August Rush Edition, 6.30 at Sidegate Brewery with Taco Truck in Concord, California. And then next Thursday, Show Day, Cary Courage Local 919 at Fortnite Brewing in Cary, North Carolina. The third Thursday in Fort Worth where the West, uh, West End Simulation begins. Six o'clock at the Bearded Lady in Fort Worth. And finally, uh, Charlotte's Thursday, third Thursday monthly meetup, seven o'clock, Edge Tavern in Charlotte, North Carolina. These are just some of the many no agenda meetups. This is where you want to be if you want to find your community. You will not regret it because you'll find people that you never would have approached or hung out with. Otherwise, it will be enriching to your life and you've got community in case the shit hits the fan. Go check them out at noagendameetups.com. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be where you won't be. Triggered or held to blame. Everybody feels the same. It's like a party. Now, before we do ISOs, since we did call for it, and since we do have the best producers in the universe, perhaps we should play this uh, audio from uh, the Attorney General, uh, Merrick Garland, who, uh, which has been yes, recorded indeed. for us. And let's have a listen, and we'll mock him as we go. A search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel who was on site during the search. 
The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. Oh. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Okay, so what he's saying here, I think, is uh, normally we wouldn't talk about this, but because the president, like, duped us and made us look like shitheels, we're going to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? Am I hearing that right? Well, not right. You're hearing that. This guy's too dumb to even know that much. But I say this, that according to the lawyers, that they never handed over the warrant for the for the Trump operation to, well, to keep. Well, I think well, that, that warrant may not have been turned over like it's supposed to. Let's keep going. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Let me guess. No one is above the law. What do you think? How, how much you want to bet he says that? I bet he doesn't say it because it's too obvious. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. What kind of lame-ass shit is that? Lame-ass shit? Well, hold on. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. Woo! Party! First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Okay. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. Oh, here it comes. Yeah, yeah, this is the raid bit. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated patriotic public servants. You know what happened is one of those uh, FBI agents, the one uh, who has trauma and uh, anxiety. Remember that woke, uh, was that CIA? They're all the same. Someone probably has trauma. Trump said something really nasty about us. We we need to stand up for us, man. Hurt my feelings. Yeah. Every day they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate... added nothing to... Wait, the last, last 15 seconds. Let's see what he says here. This is all I can say right now. 
More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank uh-huh. you. Oh, man, he could have ended with, go podcasting! He could have done anything. Anything. Anything Anything would have been better than that. Well, that was wholly disappointing, so we're caught flat-footed. They got nothing. We'll find out. Well, they've got the the judge who issued the the, uh, warrant is the same judge who says they have to release it to the public. Hmm. And, this, and, uh, and you know that judge was connected to Epstein, man. Yeah, you got to say the judge that. still says you got to you got to you got to add that. You know, hey, man, it was totally he was connected to Epstein pedophiles and shit, man. This is, but this doesn't matter. The base is fired up. People are fired up. I think lots of people are going. Hey, man, that's no good, man. We can't have that happening. That's like Edgar Hoover like shit. So mission and, accomplished. Well done. I, I think it's great. Was well done. Yeah. Very well done. Uh, end of show ISOs. Did you have anything? I have four, and they're all usable. Oh, goodness. Okay, then I'll just play mine since I only have two. Ready? Here we go. This one's too long, but I liked it. I'm not making a claim to be scientific. I have no agenda. It's too long, but I liked it. I think this one, is, this one is very doable. This is crazy. I like that one. That's cute. All right. I have two. Uh, I'm sorry, I have four. I have four. At least a couple of them are better than yours. No offense. (laughs) No offense taken. Oh, it should be taken. Let's go with thank you. Thank you. Have your balls thanked you yet? (laughs) Wow, that's your opener? (laughs) Okay. Bam! I like it. I'm in. I'm in. That's a good one right there. From the same same ad, we've got wax. Wax your board and not your balls. No, no. I like the thank you for your balls is so far the best. Okay. Well, then we'll go to ones that are less rude. Let's go with duty. Duty. It is your duty to listen. No, no. It's no good. Duty to listen. No, I didn't like it. Okay, enough. Enough is enough. Now, how can you even think? Have your balls thanked you yet? I mean, come on. Come on. That's, that's good. That's good. I mean, we could, well, en- we, we could enhance it. We could enhance it if we wanted to. Have your balls thanked you yet? Good night, left nut. I mean, we could enhance it if you wanted to. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm thinking we, le- we leave it as is. I, 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 think, I think we're in a good ballpark here. All right. All right. Uh, your decision. Well, you know, I'm, I'm taking it I'm upon I'm not taking me. any credit for putting such, such, such filth at the end of our show. Filth, he says. Filth. This is such a dynamite program, man. Okay. Um, we have. Hold on a second. I got to open up some stuff here for the end of show. There we go. What do we have coming up next on noagendastream.com? We have uh, Grimerica. Grimerica, episode number 560. Look forward to that. End of show mixes. Uh, the mixologists have been doing a good job. Uh, let's see. We got D's Laughs. We got Sound Guy Steve and Sir Scovey of the Piemont. And we thank you all for joining us for today's No Agenda. Uh, coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA Region Number 6 in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, we're happy there's no inflation. I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Please join us. And until then, remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. 
We'll talk to you Sunday. Adios, mofos! And such. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and service in all lands and all ships and sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves. Hear our Gitmonation song. We back this Thursday at the cottage again, yo, August 11th, 9 p.m. Climate's always changing and it's been a hot summer. Too much of the M5M, yo, only seems to make us dumber. Politicians take the mask on and off. I just roll my eyes, shake my head, laugh and scoff. Although I got a little bit of trolling me, it's sad to see them trying to take the F-U-N, not a funny. Online dating in Toronto filled with weirdos, hot chicks, feminists, secular thoughts and communists. Melinda broke up with Bill Gates and wished him well. Cold like Trump said to just lame, don't get yourself killed. Who would take a shot from a guy who says I'm a lot of high school dropout people getting jabbed? Rarely looking like the rock in high school. I played the tuba a lot and was a dumb jock with the same mindset. I'll just do whatever you tell me to do in hindsight. Not a real smart way to live your life, right? Take control like a steering wheel and hold on tight. I mean, nah, I don't drive as much anymore. I ride the bike. You take the wheel. Jesus Christ, did I mention this is a value? For value lifestyle we live in Come on man Call me Clint cause I'm the unforgiven Biden is planning to double the IRS As part of his efforts to unearth tax evasion The reason I'm bothering to do this Is I keep hearing on the press Biden's going to raise your taxes Biden administration said Thursday it plans to increase IRS employees by 87,000 workers over the next decade. Anybody making less than four hundred thousand dollars here will not pay a single penny in taxes. The Treasury's tax plan includes increasing funding for the agency by 80 billion dollars. The Biden administration is making efforts to go after uncollected taxes. Anybody making less than four hundred thousand dollars will not pay a single penny in taxes. Single penny in taxes. Single penny in taxes. Single. The world is struggling to stop the largest recorded monkeypox outbreak in history. Monkeypox has arrived in the Cook County Jail. So we have to talk about what's going on with monkeypox. Would you like to touch my monkey? And despite what you may have heard, this is not a gay disease. I might have coined the term anal autumn. 
seemed to be spreading further and faster than expected. And it wasn't kids getting infected, but rather men in their 20s and 30s. This is not a gay disease. The majority of people who have it in this country are men who have sex with other men. Male to male sexual contact. Oral sex, anal sex. It's not technically a sexually transmitted disease, but certainly sexual contact gives a virus every opportunity it needs. There's concern that a big party this weekend could spread monkeypox. The global monkeypox outbreak is spreading rapidly with more than 16,000 confirmed cases worldwide. The U.S. declaring a public health emergency over the monkeypox outbreak across the country. Montana and Wyoming, the only states without reported cases. They were middle-class men living in busy modern cities. Many of them had high-risk sexual behaviors. These unemployed men have been having sex for several days. Personally, I'm vaccinated and I had monkeypox. Men who have sex with men. We're trying to turn everyone gay so that there are no future humans. I got a big monkey. I might have coined the term anal autumn. I'm a monkey! Would you like to touch my monkey? I would be honored. These unemployed men have been having sex for several days. I'd like to go home and spank my monkey. Shut up and touch the monkey! This is not a gay disease. The best podcast in the universe. Mofo. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Have your balls thanked you yet?